Now in its 25th year, it's the Saturday Sports Line with Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate. Your calls are welcome at 356-9397 and 1-800-223-9397. Now with the Saturday Sports Line, here are Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday Sports Line. Today's a very special day here in Champaign-Urbana, for us anyway, for Lauren and I, as we begin our 25th year of the Saturday Sports Line. And we have a lot of guests uh, lined up. We have a lot of people that have come out for our open house. Those of you that are listening at the moment, we'd certainly invite you to come out. We've got some uh, refreshments here, and you have a chance to uh, to see the show as it uh, progresses. And you have a chance to look at the equipment and uh, just kind of generally wander around and uh, See if you can find Lauren Tate, who appears to be eating a donut here at the beginning of the show. <laughs> you got to get started on the right foot, don't you? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what are you going to do when they give you free donuts? Uh, you got to eat them. Right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to kick off the show with one of our very special guests. Uh, I think Lauren and I agree that uh, it's been so much fun, and uh, uh, we gathered so much information and insight from talking to Don Harden over the years and uh don uh, really great to see you and thanks for being uh, number one here this morning well it's a it's quite an honor and thanks for putting me on first uh, I, the main reason listeners that they're doing this for me is that we have a scrimmage this morning and they said well we'll get you on first so you can get over to your scrimmage in huff jim it's our first scrimmage but i, I i'll tell you right off the bat i'm not sure what i'm going to say is pertinent to today i i, I thought i came prepared with a couple statements and I, but I thought it was coming to uh, Lauren's 75th birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so I'm confused. I, and now I, I know it's 25 years here at the Great Station, but I, I'm a little bit confused. I'll have uh, to save those comments till next year, I guess. We right? have you here because you are more than a volleyball coach. So what do you think about Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah, you always put me on the spot with some very challenging questions and uh, I always I enjoy them, you know. I mean, I enjoy uh, because to me it's things we think about every day as coaches, as athletic administrators, working with young people every day. The issues that you talk about are insightful here on this show. This is one of the few radio shows in the country where uh, where things are a little more in depth. Uh, you've you've given both both of you gentlemen have given a sense of community uh, to where we live here. You connect the people. Uh, on one side of the fence with the other side of the fence so they don't even know the fence is there. And I think it, you know, your purpose here has been appreciated by all of us on both sides of the fence, listeners and sports fans and sports participants alike. Uh, you've given us a sense of community here, and that's really special. Very kind of you to say that. Uh, caller's been waiting for a while. Art, good morning. Hello, Art. Art, good morning. I guess we don't have Art. <laughs> Wanted to ask you, uh, and I know that Ron Turner is going to call her in a little bit, and we're going to depend on you to uh, to interview him. Wow, is that, that going to work? Well, that is putting me on the spot, and I would love to do that because I I know Ron a little bit on uh, coach to coach. We get to bump into each other from time to time. Uh, of course, his wife Wendy and. I bump into each other, um, and we know each other a little bit. Their kids were in our – their two daughters were in our sports camp. They played volleyball. They went to our volleyball summer camp this summer. And we chose not to let anybody know they were Coach Turner's kids. Just put them in the camp like any other kids, you know, and they had a blast. They really enjoyed it. Okay, we have them on the line. 
Good morning, Coach Turner. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Congratulations. Well, thank you. Very kind of you to, to call in. I know it's a busy day for you, getting ready for the, the big scrimmage tonight, right? Getting ready for the scrimmage tonight. I know it's a busy day for you guys, and I uh, wish I could be there to celebrate with you, but I, I'm over here working, as you said, but congratulations to you guys. I think that's great. 25 years, uh, that's unbelievable. 25 uh, years with Tate is quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's true. That's true. I, I, and he feels the same, I'm that. sure. What's that? He feels the same about me, I'm sure. I'm sure at times you both feel that way, but it's, it's, I think it's great. I mean, it's a great show, and uh, you know, it's a tribute to you guys to, to be able to have the kind of success you have for, for that 25 years. It's, it's just unbelievable. Well, Ron, uh, we've got Don Harden here, and he wants to ask you some really hard questions about what's going on over there in Rantoul. Hey, Coach, Don. All right, Don, how you doing? Great, Coach. I, I just they, they thought they put me on the spot this morning and interview you a little bit. Coach to coach, I thought it might be kind of fun. Sounds good. How's your practice going first before you, you know, get started? You know, that's what I always like about you. You're always you, he's going to interview yeah, you he, first. Well, no, he <laughs> always does. That's one thing I'll say about Coach Turner is he knows how the other sports are doing. You know, I mean, he, he he's as busy as as he is. He knows how we're doing, and you know, uh, I'm sure like you, the first thing that goes through my mind when someone asks me that question is, uh, we're healthy. You know, and that's a big part of every season. The biggest part, really, of every season. You just keep your fingers crossed on those kinds of things and. Uh, we have a couple pleasant surprises coming into the preseason. I'm sure when you show up and you watch the guys, you know you're pretty you're you're at least far enough into your preseason now where some pleasant surprises are standing out. There's always some pleasant surprises and some not so pleasant surprises. Do you do you have a few of those pleasant ones you can talk about that you show up and you go, wow, this is uh, this is kind of a surprise to all of us and a good thing to see. Yeah, I, I we I think we do. Uh, one, I think, would be Brad Bauer, who um, we felt all along he could be a good player. But he is, the strides he's made from spring ball to now um, have been dramatic. They really have. At the end of spring, I wasn't sure he was ready to play. He worked extremely hard this summer studying the game, working you know, with our guys, doing seven-on-seven. Seven, and, and he has really uh, you know, impressed all of us. So I'm, so I'm anxious to see him tonight. Um, defensively, I think Justin Harrison is really turning some heads. In the secondary, he's a guy, we, again, we felt could be a good player. But, you know, with freshmen, you never know how quickly they're going to come along. And he's, uh, he's done a, a great job, and he'll definitely be getting a lot of playing time. And probably the, the biggest one, I don't know if it's a surprise, but it was kind of an unknown, is Charles Miles. Charles was ineligible last year, so, you know, we had him here. He was working out, had him on a, on a weight loss program, trying to get him in shape. And we liked everything about him, but we didn't know how he was going to play. And he is going to be... Uh, going to be really good inside he gives he's 330 pounds as a wow. defensive lineman and can move so i mean you know he's as he gets more reps he's going to be something special i think it's always fun when you see those kids turn the corner on things they've been working on and sometimes it's not really athletic on the field stuff or even working out in the weight room but sometimes it's interpersonal things that really help them mature and turn the corner wouldn't you agree with that i would agree with that 100 percent. I, I think that's the case with a lot of kids, everybody everybody comes along at different um, speeds, progresses at different rates, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I tell our guys that all the time. Your kids get frustrated because they're not playing or not doing as well maybe as somebody else that came in with them. And I say, hey, just keep working, keep working. Everybody progresses at different times. And I think what you're talking about, um, Kendrick Jones fits that tremendously. And Kendrick came in here with a ton of talent and would show flashes of doing some unbelievable things. I mean, Brandon Lloyd type of ability. But – Mentally and emotionally, he wasn't ready to play. He wasn't ready to handle, you know, college football. 
and uh, he just had to keep working, keep working. He was very frustrated because he, he knew he had the ability, but he wasn't playing. And, and now, through spring, a great spring and camp, um, he has shown that, that he's starting to mature, starting to grow up. And when you see that with somebody mentally and emotionally like that, take, make those kind of strides, um, you know, it's really fun to see. And, and that's what really coaching is all about, bring, helping bring those kids along. It's the most rewarding part of the job, I think, because you – you bring them in, and sometimes they're not ready, and you get to see them grow and develop. I always tell my staff that want to be head coaches someday, it's good to see one class through and at least be on board for four years because you get surprises. You, you get to watch a kid you never thought was going to come around, mature, develop, the light goes on, and it's, it's the most fun you can have in the job, don't you think? Yeah, don't, I, I agree. And, and I think in this day and age, it's, that's getting more rare because so many kids want instant gratification. They want that, you know, they have that, that success in high school. They want that kind of success in college. And, again, for various reasons, it doesn't always work out that way. But if, they, if they'll stay the course and just keep working and keep working and hang in there and keep doing what, what they know is right and what they believe in and keep progressing, things are going to work out. And they're going to have a successful career. And, like you said, it's very rewarding to see that. But, on the other hand, you also hate to see when kids, you know, give in too, too early. And right. Get frustrated and give up on it and transfer and go elsewhere or whatever because you know if they would have stayed the course they would have been very successful. You know, um, we talk about health and um, it being such a critical factor to a successful year, and we do things with our training um, because we did have a year a couple years ago that was just riddled with injury and really set us back. Uh, it's always foremost on our mind. We do our training. You know, we'll do a high impact day and then we'll do a low impact day where we're, we're jumping, we're blocking, we're hitting, and then the next day maybe we're just serving and passing, not as much pounding on the legs, and that every other day kind of routine has uh, hopefully kept us out of trouble. There's never any guarantee. Are there things you do with, um, with, your, with your planning that help kind of keep that arranged? Yeah, we, we definitely do the same thing, exactly what you're talking about. You know, in our sport, we've got to go out and, and have some physical practices and hit. The guys can't, you know, can't do it on game day if they don't do it in practice. But you've got there's a fine line. You know you've got to watch how much you do, and uh, the intensity level. And you got to make sure exactly what you said that you don't come back when they're when they're tired, when they're sore, when they're you know most susceptible to getting an injury, and put them in a position where they might get it. So we we talk about that a lot. We try to plan for that, and then part of it also is just keep your fingers crossed. You know. That's right. I mean the chronic the chronic stuff you can try to contain, but you never have. You know you always get uh, surprises here and there in that regard. Let me, let me shift gears real quickly and ask you uh, just an off-the-field community kind of thing. These guys, for 25 years, they've connected us with the community here. I know you and your wife, Wendy, and your daughters, are, they're just, it's a tremendous family and a tremendous addition to our community here. Um, you know, my wife and I, we like going out to different places. What are the, some of the kind of things you guys like to do here in town, or what are the things you enjoy about living here in Champaign? Well, it's, it's a great place. It's a great place for kids, um, to, you know, to raise kids. It really is. You know, the university has so many activities, and, and uh, we, we try to get involved in as many of those as we can. It's hard um, to get in too many because our kids, you know, have their activities going on. But getting involved in the kids' you know, youth leagues, the soccer, football, you know, softball and baseball, whatever, whatever they're doing are things we, we get involved in. Um, you know, going out and eating and things like that, just kind of, just kind of relaxing in the community. But there are a lot of things to do, a lot of events at Assembly Hall, so we just try to get involved in as many as we can, um, as much as time permits. Well, I, I just want to make one comment in closing, Ron. I, I, I get to meet your family, your wife, and 
got to know your kids at summer camp, and they say they say about the University of Illinois that we're we're a world class university with a down to earth attitude, and I think that's what we have in our football coach and his family. You're down to earth, and uh, yet just classy people. So it's it really is an honor to be on staff with you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I really do, and I've uh, I've enjoyed getting to know your players over the last, especially the last year. I've gotten to know them. I think a little bit better than I did before. And, you know, with my daughters going to camp this year and just seeing them at different events, your, your players coming to uh, one of my daughters' uh, volleyball games last year and cheering them on. And, and, uh, it's They've been out your house, there. right, hanging out with your girls out at the house, I think, on one occasion. Yeah, they, they, exactly. After, after one of the games, they went to one of my daughters' volleyball games, playoff game, and then came over to the house afterwards um, and hung out with them. So it was great. They're, they're That's really, Wendy, though. Really she's, she's trying to bribe uh, future babysitters. That's what she's doing. She's yeah, <laughs> how'd you figure that out? You got, you, you got that right. Well, we got a different guest that just walked in here, so I got to mind my P's and Q's okay. Okay. Little, at, as soon as you know who he is. Hey, Ron, we're not going to let Don Harden do this anymore. He's too good. <laughs> he, is, he is good. I think it's fun talking coach to coach. I yeah, think people, really. it's a little bit of a different twist, but these guys do a great job. They always make it easy on you. Yeah, they do. No question about it. Uh, Ron, I just uh, need to let you go here in just a second, but uh, tell us about tonight, uh, what time, uh, and uh, how you're going to line them up. Well, 7 o'clock we're going to kick off, and I know our guys are really uh, really anxious to get out there and play. We've had a tremendous camp up to this, up to this point. Um, Friday, the day before we go, is usually a little bit lighter day in terms of practice. We had full pads on yesterday. We didn't do any, any scrimmaging, at least not on our schedule. And then we put the ball down. We were doing our normal team period, which is not scrimmage, you know, not bring the backs down and all that. And both sides, offense and defense, got so cranked up, they started yelling, and, and it basically turned into a scrimmage. And it was <laughs> as, as emotional um, a practice as we've had probably since I've been here. So it was fun. It was great to see. And it was raining, and it was a little cold out there and damp. And um, those guys just had a, had a great time. And then afterwards, they got in the middle and just jumped up and down as a team, you know, competed offense defense and afterwards got in the middle and jumped up and down as a team so hopefully tonight we'll have that same kind of energy same kind of emotion hopefully we won't have as many fights because we will <laughs> as we did friday because we will have officials there uh but it, it was great it was fun to see and we're looking for the same kind of stuff tonight we'll go uh, about probably 20 25 plays with the ones versus ones twos versus twos and then we'll go a little bit ones against the twos on both sides of the ball and Try to get as many guys in as we can. And, and really what we're looking for, we're looking you know, for that same kind of energy, same kind of enthusiasm that we've shown all camp, and, um, and then combine that with, with great execution and let the guys just go out and play relaxed and play, play poised and play with confidence and, uh, and playing fast. So I'm anxious to see. You know, it's a great opportunity to turn the lights on, coaches off the field, try to simulate a game situation as much as we can and, uh, and see how the guys respond. Sounds great. Uh, you're going to have good weather for it, and uh, look forward to seeing you up there. And thanks for your time this morning. We really appreciate it, Ron. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, again, congratulations. Hope you guys have a great day. You deserve it. Thank you very much. We sure appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Ron Turner and uh, Don Harden, thanks uh, very much for coming by. Lauren's got uh, somebody on our wireless mic out here. Go ahead. Am I coming through okay? Okay. we got uh, our number one legal expert here, uh, Steve Beckett. You tell me that you were here, I can't even remember this, 1980 to talk about what? Pee-wee football. <laughs> well, you were always involved in pee-wee football, Little League, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for years, for years. So no, I, I, just as when you invited me the other day, I was thinking, well, when was the first time I was on? But then, of course, sports changed or has changed so much. And we got into sports law, and uh, you and I spent some time together on the NCAA and as we were reflecting. 
It's incredible how many of these stories really go back to legal issues, and uh, that's got a, the last 25 years, that's probably the biggest surprise, well, I say 25, actually more than that, almost 40 years. We go down through the years, starting with the slush fund back in, in 1966 in the fall of, 60, well, actually December of 66, and then it just kind of went from there, and we, we just learned an awful lot about a lot of things that were legal. Yes, uh, society has changed so much, and I suppose uh, part of it is our love of sports, and sports has become such an important component to our lives that uh, it's natural that uh, laws relating to sports uh, would come to the forefront. Uh, you know, it's changed. As you know, Steve Ross heads our sports curricula, sports law, uh, at the law school, and obviously we're training people uh, at the law school to go out and become sports lawyers. That must be a popular uh, thing to study. A very popular course, very popular. Well, Steve, I just want to say hello and uh, thank you for coming by. We've got a lot of people here. I, you probably hear the background noise. It's, it's jumping here. This is great. Con congratulations to both you and Jim. Uh, I've enjoyed our uh, working together over the years. Okay, thanks, Steve. Back to you, Jim. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Ron Gunther is here in the studio. We'll talk to the athletic director right after this. Your Champagne TGI Fridays is proud to announce Kids Eat Free Sunday. Now every Sunday, when you purchase one adult entree, up to two children aged 12 and under eat free from the kids' menu. That's right, they eat free. Your Champagne TGI Fridays hours are 11 to 10, so head over to TGI Fridays for Kids Eat Free on Sunday. And remember, in here, it's always Friday. Free items limited to the kids' menu only. This offer not valid with any other offers or promotions. Your Champagne TGI Fridays, located at 100 Trade Center Court. This message is brought to you by Financial Synergy of Champagne. Some firms do financial planning. Some do tax planning and preparation. Some plan for second homes and college. And others specialize in estate and retirement planning. Wouldn't it be simpler to work with the one firm that can pull it all together for you? Call Financial Synergy at 355-7335 to see how bright your future can be. Sullivan Park Hill's Monster Truck Tent Sale is history. Thank you, Champaign County, for making it a monstrous success. Congratulations. You recognized a bargain and took advantage. So what does Sullivan Park Hill have to offer in August? We do have some 2004s left, but the key word is trade-ins. Our sale was such a huge success that we have more of the finest, low-mileage, reconditioned trade-ins than we've had in months. A few examples are 2002 GMC Pickup, 2001 Ford Explorer, 04 Ford Sport Track. All must undergo a rigorous inspection by ASE certified technicians and pass a Carfax history. Let's put it this way, I would let my family drive these trucks across country. I guarantee you can buy with confidence. We stand out. Sullivan Park Hill, off I-74 between Neyland Prospect and Champaign. We stand out. This is Brian Barnhart. Congratulations to Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate for 25 years with the Saturday Sports Line. Right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Back on the uh, Saturday Sports Line as we begin our 25th year, Ron Gunther has uh, joined us here in the studio. How you doing, Ron? I'm doing great. Congratulations. Thank you. Great crowd. A lot that, of fun. Isn't that a long time to be with Lauren? I, <laughs> you and I almost, uh, I was trying to think of that. Uh, I came down here in 1963 when I think that's about when Lauren got started, didn't he? Good Ben. I, I did my first Illinois game in 1959. Uh, so I that was shared uh, the uh, 
shared the broadcast and did a lot of work on WILL. Yeah. So we came here about the same time. Yeah. My condolences on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was a long time ago. Well, we appreciate uh, you coming out. The big headline story in the Gazette this morning was about the uh, the stadium. Yeah, I was wondering when that was going to surface because we tried um, taking a look at the stadium probably three to four years ago uh, and talked with some architects recognizing that we have a number of issues there you know my first year we removed the concrete and tried to improve uh, the stadium and, and needed some architectural was that when it was engineering when we were shaking it was when it was shaking and we put in new uh, concrete and improved the bathrooms but <coughs> you know that was um, 1924 it's a long time and uh, what uh, we're looking at now uh, is, is really extensive. And so I'm taking another look at it. Um, as you go around our conference, for instance, uh, you're starting to see uh, the new press boxes appear, the, all the other amenities that go with that club seating, uh, luxury boxes, um, improvements. Uh, I think since 9-11, uh, if you go over to Purdue, you know, we had that fence that I didn't like uh, for a year when the Bears were here. But uh, security being what it is, we'll probably have to eventually wall in, do some things. But uh, it'll be extensive. The South Horseshoe needs to be done. And I've always wanted to have that north side uh, closed in, too. You're talking about a lot of things. That's three major. Uh, well, that's what I said. That's what, the reason I put it out, our, our staff, uh, we talked. We have some trustees that are interested in the project also. But the reason we're doing it, uh, right behind that, we have the decision on the assembly hall. So these are massive. These are not some of the th these are not things that I can just run out and you know, raise the money. If I money. gave you three hundred million, you could have a ball. I could, I could, I could, I could be busy for a couple of years with that. <laughs> but uh, the Tate Memorial Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> when you oh. talk about the uh, press box, have you figured out a way yet to extend the press box well, out to that, the towers? That's that's you know again, uh, we we have a, a war memorial stadium, and so we have the same difficulty that Soldier Field had with with regard to how the other institutions are doing this. They're coming off the back of the stadium, and we cannot do that. We cannot get anything in front of the columns. We wouldn't want to do it, but uh, we, we, we think we can extend that press box the entire way. We only ha have one floor, but we may be able to extend that completely across. No more elevators? No more. We, well, the elevator, it all comes at a cost. The elevators can be put in the towers, I understand. Oh. Okay. Okay. Inside, inside. you could picture that. Um, but this is what the RFP is for, really to find out what the engineers can do to it. Um, we've looked at uh, putting maybe some boxes underneath the upper deck and the lower deck. That may be a possibility. Um, we may be going over to the east side and doing some things on the top there. So um, we'll see what we'll see what comes uh, comes in once once we get the uh, RFPs back. You mentioned the assembly hall. What can you tell us about? Well, that? we've got all the, we've got all the information, and it's now a question of uh, Chancellor Herman uh, getting up to speed. He's got the material, and I would anticipate that we would try to tackle some of those decisions this uh, this fall. And the decision being whether to renovate the assembly hall, renovate or, or try to take a look at again. Everything comes down to funding, or whether we try to construct you know uh, another building we've been uh, we've been researching a multi-purpose facility as you know to the south of the assembly hall that would go with a conference center and hotel and i think richard was on the show i heard him talking uh extensively about those projects that that building uh is, is intriguing to me because we have been wanting uh, to get out of huff so that applied life studies can be totally in there and do the academic work if we could get another building then we would be able to take our 
wrestling, gymnastics, volleyball programs. Don was just How here. How much oh. money are you talking about for the three? Three projects, you're probably talking $250 million. So I mean, a million wasn't far off, was it? No, no. It's, and again, I don't know, you know, the, the construction costs, they tell me, go up about 6% a year. So, you know, the longer you, you sit on something like this, the longer. I noticed the, uh, the story in the, the paper this morning. They talked about uh, that some of the, uh, the boxes the, in the, uh, the stadium mm -hmm. might produce uh, revenue enough to, uh, to push this project along. That's how they, yeah. That's what Warren Hood, I was, uh, asked Warren several years ago. He's been studying the Iowa's coming out with their project this this next year and uh, in, in selling the boxes you'll take and uh, be able to take uh, contracts of X number of dollars times X number of years and then you obviously you then have some borrowing power to to drive the construction at one time you and I talked uh, Ron there was some concern whether Iowa could fill the boxes that they were going to have. Mm -hmm. have has that been a problem well i think what we that's again we've we i i like to go last to see i think each building that comes along each 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 project uh you learn a little bit more and not make the mistakes the others have made what uh they had they've had no problem selling their boxes but what they've been doing is then converting some of the people that had seats other places into those boxes so they still have a, a situation where they have to come back and backfill uh, and, and hopefully uh, that will work out for them. But what they found is that as they filled the boxes, they uh, they lost. Uh, that's Coach Small. They yeah. lost those yeah. people uh, into the boxes. So they're they're um, they're they're doing some work over there. Okay, let's uh, take a little break here, and uh, when we come right back, we'll uh, take a couple of calls and a couple of people out in the hall. Maybe Lauren wants to say hello too. Yeah. We'll do that right after this. For five-star food, service, and ambiance, try Miko Restaurant in Urbana with the very best in Japanese, Korean, and Thai cuisine. Check out their lunch buffet Tuesday through Friday from 1130 through 130. You'll find a great selection of all your favorites. And then through the summer, Miko's got a coupon in the News Gazette on Sundays and Tuesdays where you'll get 50% off your second entree, and it's for evening dining only. For the evening, try the uh, teppanyaki style of dining which is table-side cooking. It makes for a great meal. And again, it's for evening dining only where Miko's trained chef will dazzle you as they slice, chop, and cook your meal right at your table. It's entertaining, and of course, it's delicious. They've got seafood like shrimp, lobster, scallops, and wonderful Alaskan king salmon, all the way to filet mignon, New York steak, or chicken. And along with those entrees, they've got sautéed vegetables, fried rice, soup, salads, and more. And reservations are required for evening dining. So check it out. It's Miko Restaurant, a dining experience for all seasons, located at 407 West University in Urbana. For reservations, call 367-0822. That's 367-0822. When you're considering a mortgage for your new home, there are quite a few options to choose from. Credit unions and banks seem like the logical choice, but are they the right choice? Most times, these institutions are limited to what they can provide you. You need to conform to the mortgage programs they have to offer. Hi, I'm Eric White, president and co-owner of Integrity Mortgage Services. If you're in the market to purchase a home, Integrity Mortgage Services can provide you with a variety of low-cost mortgage products that will fit your needs. What's even better is that we get it done promptly and professionally, usually closing your loan in less than 30 days and at a rate that is regularly lower than those offered at a credit union or bank. Give us a call today and let us show you how easy it is to get into your new home. You can also visit us online IntegrityMortgageOnline.com. Integrity Mortgage Services is locally owned with offices in Bloomington Normal, Peoria, and Champaign. We're an Illinois residential mortgage licensee and an equal housing lender. Give us a call and see what we can do for you. Integrity Mortgage Services, our service and integrity. 
This is Brian Barnhart. Stay tuned to DWS for coverage of Camp Rantoul and the scrimmage on August 21st right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. We're back on the Saturday Sports Line. Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate with uh, Ron Gunther. We're going to cut away from the AD here for just a moment. Lauren? Yeah, I got a couple of guys here. Mike Small. Uh, you know, I realized something. You, you did such a good job up uh, in Chicago, and then I see you went up to Wisconsin and lost money. I mean, you can't afford to do that. <laughs> no, but it's worth the experience. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, was a, it, w it was a fun week and learned a lot, and I got you know, ready to see the kids today. They're coming into school, my players, and kind of uh, get started. Illini golf coach got a lot of pub this summer. A lot of pub. I mean, you were out there in front, and I, I never saw so many people pu pulling for you. Yeah, it was a it was a unique situation, and uh, it turned oh, out great. Oh, but oh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and uh, you know we'll find out in a little bit if it, if it helped or not in recruiting. So we'll find out. Okay, Mark Johnson, what's up these days with the wrestling? Good morning. I'm just excited. Mike Small, Ron Gunther in the same room. It's big time <laughs> for me. <laughs> Anything to report on your guys? Uh, you know, uh, I, Don Harden was here, and he says the main thing is the health of your athletes, and I know that's a concern when you got such a physical sport. I'm just happy that I didn't get any phone calls Saturday morning. That's kind of a big step, you know, <laughs> in these yeah. days. Getting them in school. You well, know. no, I'm talking about the phone call, the bad phone call. Saturday, Sunday mornings aren't good days <laughs> if you get a phone call early in the morning. So, yeah. Anything to report on the incoming freshmen? Uh, I think we got three only, a small class, three kids, but they're as good as three kids I, I brought in. The youngest, Tara Pelli, you know, another valedictorian of his, of his class academically. A uh, kid named Mike Poeta that wrestled for one of my All-Americans, Griff Pollock, a couple years ago. He's the number one recruit in the country at any weight class. Wow. And then we got a kid named Joe Gomez, uh, kind of the trio. Is a, they're a small group, but very talented. The media is going to put pressure on you this year. If you get up to number one, we want you to stay there. Well, we're, we're ranked second and third in the two polls. Now, I like that pressure. You know, last year we were there for about three hours, number one in the country. This year we need to extend it a little more. But it's, it's how you finish at the end of the year. Ron yeah, Gunther's well, he, he, You know, they, they, these guys don't learn. You're, you're, you're not a very good coach. You've got great talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Always, always downplay that talent, then you become a better coach. Well, you know, you know those, those talent, it's all about recruiting. Those, when you've got good kids, they sure make you look like you can, you can coach a lot better than you really can. Hey, Mike Small, thank you for coming by, and, and Mark Johnson, we appreciate you being here this morning. Hey, Small, Mike, you remember when I was a kid listening to you guys. Yeah, oh, man, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> your dad hey, was a kid listening Before to Mike oh, leaves, no. Mike, Mike, mention your uh, Stricker outing. Because we yeah, got, we got, right. we, we uh, got, we got a neat deal Stone going Creek, on here. Right? Yeah, the third annual Steve Stricker uh, comes back, and uh, we have a fundraiser for the golf program. At, uh, tomorrow night's the gala reception, and Monday's the big event at Stone Creek. It's uh, Huge event and greatly supported by the community. So. Okay, we want that golf program to get all the financial help it can get and all the good players you can get. Thank you. Exactly right, Ron. By the way, for both Thanks, of you guys, guys uh, Ron said uh, come in and see him right after you've had a good year. <laughs> we were talking about negotiating <laughs> contracts. He said that's the time, as if you didn't know already. It's been a pretty good year that way. Yeah, They've all been here. you got to take a number outside. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you coming by. Well, Ron Gunther, uh, without guys like that, uh, uh, qu quality hard. quality people. I it's, mean, it, really our department, are. right at the, at this moment, really has some uh, outstanding people. G really good coaches, but really good people. And uh, they bring in good people too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, w what I think um, you know, Mark was making the reference in the weekend calls when we've had a couple incidents this year. But if you look at the 13 years that uh, I've been fortunate to have the job we've had very very little in comparison and, and and you know every everybody forgets this in this day and age there's still kids there's still you know it's it's gonna i'm not gonna say it's gonna happen but i've got people that really push the character and the discipline 
that is really obvious. I mean, when you when you meet these people, when you meet the kids, I, I, I you know, you got some freshmen in there this year. I, I met uh, Jay Lehman and and right. uh, other members of the of the squad that I've talked to this year. That's the thing. That come, uh, Morris Virgil is another right. one. He's just the great guys that came up. Some of them had pretty tough backgrounds, but right. boy, they're solid people. Well, you know, when I came here in '63, when talk about rough characters, there was a guy named Butkus that was here, and Gary Eichmann, and, and uh, Gruber, and uh, most of us grew up inside the city. My my family did move to the suburbs eventually, but uh, part part of what I think we do here. Uh, Besides the academic work that we push, is it's it's an unbelievable education to see some of these kids come in and then see them leave at the the end. Um, I it's, encourage it's people to, if they haven't been there yet, to get to one of the scholar athlete banquets. Yeah, I always come away from that feeling, wow, we're really doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's actually the highlight of the year for for all of us because uh, it does it does draw our attention to to what we're really all about. Let's take a call here. Uh, Tim, you've been waiting for a while. You have a uh, question for Ron? Yes, I do. A couple. Um, Ron, I read the article today. My yes, question sir. to you is um, the colonnades on the east and west side. Is mm-hmm. it, would it be necessary to put concessions and bathrooms up there? Because growing up, I always enjoyed looking the full length north-south of sure. the colonnades and reading the names. Sure. And were you going to uh, go with Stan Weaver's plan and um, South colonnade of uh, Korea, Vietnam, and now Iraq situation. Uh, right. Names on the colonnades. Well, uh, first of all, the colonnades. Uh, that's what I'm. They will be totally protected. I mean, we we won't do anything in that area. We may try to improve the area, expand to it, but we will do nothing that uh, would uh, obstruct any sight line to that. It is a memorial, and so that I know that was that that part of it's done now. Um, the south side and, and, and uh, Stan Weaver's plan, I like, and I think one of the concepts we're looking at is that can that stadium uh, be extended into a memorial stadium for all World War II, for Korea, all the way through the Iraq Desert Storm. So, um, yes, those are all in our thoughts at this time, and it may be an angle which we then approach the state and maybe some other agencies. Great. I have one other question, uh, Jim yes, Lauren. I look forward to your 35th anniversary. <laughs> uh, so do we. Also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Um, can you tell me what kind of plans I need to make for the Minnesota game? I plan to take a little vacation up there. And, uh, we're we're, working, we're, we're working on that right now. <clears throat> if, this, if the Twins don't make the um, World Series, two things we could do. Uh, Ron and I have talked about this. We could roll the dice. If they don't get, uh, the Twins don't get in the World Series, then the Saturday date is ours. It happens to be their homecoming. They've got to win two series to do that. That's correct. Now, but we would. And they've got to get in the first place. Exactly. So we could sit and think that they won't get there and have alternative. We've got to hold our charter either going up on Friday or, or going up on, uh, on Thursday night. So the other side of that is we've been looking at is maybe what we need to do is just make the decision and push it to Friday night. That's the only other option. Um, I, I've, they've I've got a homecoming problem up there that, that they've got to deal with, too. That's right. And so we um, probably within the next 10 days, uh, Joe Maturi is the athletic director up at uh, Minnesota. He and I have talked. Next 10 days, we're going to take a look at all those options, and maybe we'll make the decision. Just There's to about an right 80% chance that, the, that they will not be playing in the World Series. I mean, the, Well, the, their, their problem is the printing of the ticket, the homecoming oh. activities, and all of that. And I'm, you know, I'm not – maybe as much as we want to play on Saturday, 
uh, it may be in everybody's best interest to just lock it up and play Friday and night. And the World Series people, I mean, the baseball people can change the uh, field in time for the game the next night. Yeah, the ba- but, you know, again, uh, we've had no cooperation from baseball. I mean, I, I feel for those people up there, and I hope they get their stadium at some point. But right now, you know, Michigan had to play on Friday night a couple years ago. I didn't like it at all, but we played on a Thursday night, which was which was awful. Um, but but uh, we're going to try to make that decision rather. I think rather than wait it out, which is an option, but it's so hard for if if any of our people wanted to get up there, they don't even know when to get their plane tickets. If Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. You know, so okay, thank you, Tim. I'm try to help you out. So Friday night, uh, just go well, ahead and make the decision. Yeah, you know, we, we our conference has uh, has made a very strong statement not to play any games on Friday night because of high, I, school. the high schools. And we've got uh, a wonderful relationship with uh, with the high schools, and and uh, we don't want to do anything to, to hurt that. So, but in this case, we might just have to put it put it up there. We're visiting with Ron Gunther and others here this morning uh, as we start off our 25th year of the Saturday Sports Line. We'll take a quick break and come right back. Do you want higher yields next year? Get more bushels out of every field using Case IH Yield Till System Ecolo Tiger Series for primary tillage. With four models to choose from, the Case IH Ecolo Tiger will help achieve greater yields by managing residue, reducing compaction, and preparing the seed bed. Case IH Primary Tillage gives your crops better resistance to stress, enabling you to maximize the genetic yield potential of every variety of plant. See the tillage experts at Berkey's Farm Store, your Case IH dealer, 1801 University in Urbana. It's official. Summer break is here. Time to start acting like a kid. So adults, it's your turn to take over campus. Drive on over, park in that open space, go on in and sit right down to fun and great food at Legends. There's no reason not to. Legends menu appeals to the adult taste with the fresh and juicy whole beef Legends burger, the buffalo chicken sandwich, wraps, salads, gourmet pizzas, and awesome specials every day. But the kid and you will enjoy a game of pool, darts, or maybe a relaxing evening with friends in a covered beer garden. Legends, where the big kids play all summer long between 5th and 6th on Green Street in Campus Town. I'm Doug Riskin, General Manager of the VodiQuest Store in Champaign. I want to invite everyone in to see our brand new location. Going on now is the VodiQuest's grand opening sale. We're offering some pretty terrific savings on top-of-the-line fitness equipment. For instance, True and Vision treadmills are priced as low as $9.99. Elliptical trainers start at $6.99. But the best deals are the manager specials, and those deals are made by me. Stop in and see me, Doug Riskin, at the VodiQuest Store. I'll help you design your own in-home health club, set up your workplace employee fitness center, or I can sell commercial equipment to any commercial gym or club. You just never know what kind of deals are on my mind. So it never hurts to ask me to give you a break on that piece of equipment you've had your eye on. Hope to see you at the BodyQuest store soon. The BodyQuest store, 503 South Mattis, next to Kinko's in the Round Barn Center, Champaign. Stop in or call 352-0207 and bug Doug for your best deal on the best fitness equipment on the market. The BodyQuest store. Hello friends, Friday, New York City Police Department's top hostage negotiator, Dominic Messino, on his book, Negotiate and Win. That's Gary O'Brien and Friends, 2 to 5, on Newstalk 1400 DWS. We're back on the Saturday Sports Line, Jim Turpin, Lauren Tate with uh, Ron Gunther here in the studio. Coming up uh, later, Bruce Weber, uh, Chancellor Richard Herman will be with us, uh, Lou Henson and Mike White. And talk to David Woods over in Athens and get an update on uh, what he's been covering at the Olympics and uh, several others that have uh, come out here and kind enough to uh, talk to us today here on our beginning of our 25th year. Uh, 
Ron, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the, the upcoming game tonight. We mm -hmm. talked to Ron Turner about that, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, a lot is on the line. We all know that for, mm -hmm. for this uh, this football season. And uh, well, what's your general feeling? Well, You've been to practice and you know, you've I, talked to Ron, and, and you know as much about the football team as yeah, anybody. I, I, um, I said this in Chicago. Right now I just want to get that staff relaxed. I don't like the – I think anytime you're – and I think – I think he's handling everything really well. First of all, the staff is, is very aggressively coaching, and he himself, um, I think, is, is looking really good to me from where he was a year ago. I think last year, knowing that we lost the seven uh, basic kids up to the NFL, um, I, this is just a different field. This is the field that I'm more used to than, than the anomaly that we had last year. My, my personal f feeling on this is I know this guy can coach, and and we made mistakes, and I say we, because it's not just a coach or one assistant coach. Uh, some things happened. But I think last year um, I sat at this table. Uh, we all went down to Missouri. We came out of camp. I, I was convinced we had a pretty good football team, a football team that could have got to the 6-5 and five or, or, and get into the bowl business. Um, we had lost Kerry Davis before we went to St. Louis. We lost O'Brien after Missouri. We lost... Uh, Adiamo at UCLA. We had a drop catch. And it doesn't take long to a couple personalities, a couple people, when all of a sudden, with all the newness, I mean, we were playing freshmen, um, I saw a terrific loss of confidence in all the group, coaching staff as well as kids. And I thought we shut it down. I was not real pleased with the way we competed those last three or four weeks. So um, I think the attitude in Rantoul has been absolutely terrific. Uh, yesterday in the rain, I think they had the best scrimmage and best best practice I've seen here maybe in five years. Uh, can we can we get there? I don't know, um, but I know I think uh, I know we'll be very competitive. And I think the schedule's in our favor. I also would t uh, suggest that this football team will be better the sixth, seventh, and eighth and ninth games as opposed to one, two, three, and four. They are still youth, but they're going to get better and better. So if we can stay healthy, um, I read. Uh, Lawrence uh, <coughs> column, yes, and you know we got a great, great start. I mean, anytime you can stay in your own bed, go in front of your own stands uh, and and fans, and and compete, play first four games at home is a terrific advantage. And a total of seven home games that doesn't That's come right. around very much either. So well, we'll try uh, to do that now for budget reasons. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to have nine home games if I could. We appreciate uh, you coming out today. Yeah, uh, uh, thanks very much. Uh, you got a lot well, on you your plate, and we appreciate uh, you sharing some of it. Yeah, you guys have a terrific show, and right, uh, we uh, we appreciate uh, the relationship our our people, and, and I think they're showing up not because of any any other reason of the, the respect well, they have for you guys. Well, it's free coffee and free well, that, that's why I came. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And I stayed away from the donuts. <laughs> I gained two pounds walking by them. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Thank we you. appreciate it. You want to go out in the hall there, uh, Lauren, and uh, pick up on a couple of guys before we take our next break? I don't know if uh, we can hear in, uh, through the mob here, but Brett Dawson, bring us up to date on the basketball team. How's Warren Carter doing? Well, he had a, uh, he had a pretty good time in, in Europe, I think. He played really well the first few games, kind of fell off scoring-wise the last couple of games. We don't know how he played. There wasn't even a sports information director over there, so we don't have much of a clue of, you know, Penn State was sending stuff through assistance, so we don't really know what exactly went on, but it seemed like his numbers were at least scored more points over there than he scored as a freshman in Illinois. Most of the coaches sent players that they want to develop, and I think he falls in that category. Do you see him having any bigger role this year as a sophomore on this team with so many people back? I can't imagine that he'd have a smaller one. I mean, I can't imagine that he'd have any smaller role. He, they've still got so many guys, and it's going to be hard for him to get in the rotation. 
they're looking at him as a as a next year player. I mean, they think his junior year could really be something. Should have redshirted one year, uh, then that would be his sophomore year. But he decided not to do that. I think that was probably a, a bad move on his part. But I think they'll have he'll probably get enough playing time. I think to keep him around another year to get him kind of hungry for for that junior year. Every Sunday we see a big basketball story in the News Gazette. We always look forward to that. Give us a hint. What's in there tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow i got a story running about Austin Jackson, who's a kid from Denton, Texas. He is a really highly regarded high school baseball player, has a chance to be drafted next June, wants to play college basketball and minor league baseball, or possibly play both sports for his college team. He's down to uh, Illinois, Georgia Tech, and Oklahoma. Itch could certainly use him. What position does he play? He plays center field. Uh, fast center fielder. He was a uh, batted over 400 and stole a lot of bases. And he's a uh, he's a finalist for the National High School Baseball Player of the Year award, Jackie Robinson Award. So he can play. Brett, thank you. Thanks for coming by. Congratulations, Lauren. I, I I tell everybody all the time. You know, anybody can stay on the air for 25 years, but you guys stayed relevant. You still get still get important people. You still ask good questions. It's it's a great great thing. So I got to see what Steve Ross is doing over here. Here's our legal expert on sports, Steve Ross. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Congratulations to you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, wh what are the legal issues you've been dealing with lately? Uh, well, I'm ready for school. I know that. I'm, get, I'm getting ready for school, but uh, a couple of things are uh, I've been working on. One is uh, the hockey strike and uh, thinking about the issues there and the uh, owner's uh, novel concern for cost certainty. For years, you know, in baseball, everybody else, uh, owners say we need to restrict competition for players because free agency hurts competitive balance. But in hockey, the last three years, we've had 12 different teams in the Stanley Cup semifinals. So it doesn't really amount to uh, uh, much, but, uh, but the owners are uh, determined uh, and uh, think it's going to be a, a long lockout. Um, I have to say I have a perverse bias that I'm hoping that the, uh, they actually do lock out for at least a month because I have an article coming out in uh, University of British Columbia Law Review and I hope that they don't settle the case and, uh, and moot the article. Um, the other thing I've been working on is a project with a British economist on why uh, sports leagues ought to be set up more like NASCAR and less like the rest of our leagues. Uh, our, uh, sort of, our sort of sound line is uh, if you were running a product most efficiently, would you rather have it be run like McDonald's or the United Nations? And uh, our view is that sports leagues are sort of run like the United Nations. You know, you can't move a team to Washington, D.C. because the Orioles object and the Orioles and the Dodgers and the Angels support the Orioles and things like that. So, um, so I've been having fun, but uh, I really enjoy your show. It's a great contribution to the community and uh, hope you invite me back 10 years from now. I hope we're here 10 years from now. You think you can arrange that, John Foreman? I think it's, I think it's done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve, very much. We'll be back right after this. Your Champagne TGI Fridays is proud to announce Kids Eat Free Sunday. Now every Sunday, when you purchase one adult entree, up to two children aged 12 and under eat free from the kids' menu. That's right, they eat free. Your Champagne TGI Fridays hours are 11 to 10, so head over to TGI Fridays for Kids Eat Free on Sunday. And remember, in here, it's always Friday. Free items limited to the kids' menu only. This offer not valid with any other offers or promotions. Your Champagne TGI Fridays, located at 100 Trade Center Court. With summer around the corner, you're probably ready for a change. Why not visit Shelby Motors, your local five-star dealer, and see their wonderful selection of Dodges and Jeeps. Why is buying a new or used vehicle from Shelby's the best choice you can make? For over 60 years, Shelby Motors has been committed to providing their customers with great discounts, quality products, and superior service. Your choice is clear. 
Shelby Motors, your local five-star dealer, corner of Market View and Moreland Boulevard, Champaign, or on the web at shelbymotors.com. Join me, Ann Roten, for Standard Time every Sunday morning, 6 to 9.30 a.m. on News Talk 1400. Back on the Saturday Sports Line, Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate. Uh, we're joined by Bruce Weber on the phone. How you doing, Bruce? Doing fine. How are you guys? We're great. Where are you? You're up in Wisconsin or someplace, right? Yeah, that little family reunion and... Uh... Don't get a chance to get away very much. This is the last weekend before it all we get going again. Let's talk about that uh, getting going. Uh, your guy is having a pretty good uh, trip over in uh, in Europe, right? Uh, that's going to help him a little bit, I would think. Well, I hope so. It, and that we sent Warren Carter over there. Just I, you know, I always say get the rust off guys that don't get to play much, and you know, a year just get some playing time. And and I know he really enjoyed the trip. I talked to him before the last game, uh, and then they flew back yesterday right away in the morning, so I haven't had a chance to talk to him since then. But he really enjoyed the trip. Uh, they were in the, the Southern Riviera uh, right on the water the, the first three or four days. It was, the, you know, the, that part of it, seeing other parts of the world is great, other cultures, getting to know what it's, what it's like to go overseas. And, um, and then the basketball part, he, he, he felt he played a major role for the team. Bruce, this is Lauren. Uh, one of the main concerns entering the summer is getting everybody to this point in good health. Do you feel like uh, Dee, Darren, everybody is is going to enter the uh, in the school year in top physical shape? I think we still have a ways to go. I I, I don't think Dee is a hundred percent yet. He still has you know his elbow is, is messed up and the, and the shins um, still there's some pain there, and we're probably going to rest him. Uh, through maybe a little bit into September. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Ryan Randall, you know, his shoulder's just starting to come around. He's starting to get get involved in uh, live pickup games. And, and Darren just kind of, you know, he's had little injuries throughout the summer. Hopefully, uh, you know, this last couple weeks here, they haven't had much to do. They, they'll be ready to go once we get to school started this week. Well, how about that schedule? You got that thing ready to go yet? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> it, it's been a little more difficult. We actually were really trying to wait it out to see if we could get a game in Texas. and um, You know, it, it, it was kind of promised to the guys, to Darren and Warren and uh, even Jack Ingram, that we try to get back down there and just didn't have much cooperation. We had CBS involved, ESPN involved. We just couldn't get Texas. We were offering to go to those places first and, and right at the last minute, we thought we might have a chance at SMU, and uh, that kind of fell through. So I think we finally finished um, the other day. All the coaches were on vacation. I was in there I was trying to get that non-conference schedule done. It looks like it's done, and we'll probably have it out uh, with the Big Ten schedule here in the next week or so. And it looks like, uh, lo- looking at some of the things that have uh, been published and uh, the games that we knew have uh, been set, that this is a, this is a pretty hard schedule. Uh, your team's going to be highly regarded, and uh, they're going to be highly ranked at the beginning of the year. But And you've uh, really put together some games that uh, are challenging, to say the least. And I guess that's uh, not a bad plan. Uh, doesn't matter how you start, but how you finish, right? Well, and, and you want to be prepared. If you think you have a chance to do something special late in March and April, you want to play as many teams as you can from different areas and, 
and don't you don't want any surprises late in the year. So, you know, we'll have Oregon from the Pac-10, Gonzaga, you know, also a West Coast team, uh, you know, great mid-major run here as of late. Uh, you got Arkansas from the Southeast Conference, uh, you know, Wake Forest, of course, who could be a, a preseason number one, two or three, somewhere in there from the ACC. Uh, you got Missouri from the Big 12. So we have a, a variety of teams, uh, you know, a mix of teams that hopefully will prepare us for later later on uh, come March and April. By the way, uh, playing Cincinnati in Las Vegas could get real interesting. Yeah, it could. <laughs> That'll be probably New Year's Eve, it looks like, um, the way it's set, it's going to be set up. So, um, you know, so there you got a Conference USA team or – you know, whatever league they're in, I, I know they're they're in some league now. That thing's kind of been a mess, but uh, so we got a variety of teams, and then you know that's a revenge game for them. And I, I know their people have already started talking about it after. Well, last they'll year. talk about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> they'll be talking about it when you're playing. That's right. <laughs> Plenty of yeah. talking that one. They they, yeah. they may, uh, may may try to keep an eye on Darren Williams this time. I think they might not let him shoot wide open jumpers this time. <laughs> Well, Bruce, we'll let you uh, get back to your family. We just wanted to, uh, to say hello to you on this uh, kind of a special day, and uh, we'll talk uh, more at the length when, uh, when you get back and get a little closer to the season. But uh, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me part of your big day, and congratulations to you. And I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and uh, I used to not like you. Now, now I like you. So. <laughs> that makes a difference what color uniform yeah, you get on, it, right? It, it really does. So, all right, take care, guys. Have a good day. Thank Thanks, you, Bruce. Bruce. Appreciate it. Mayor Jerry Swihart has joined us here in the uh, studio. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning to you both. How are you doing? Doing great. How are th- what do you got those files in front of you for well, there? That's, I had to have a prepared speech, see. So. Oh, oh, all right. But I want to do a little lead-in first, you know, uh, how important this program is because you, I hear on after a lot of the games you have what you call the Monday morning quarterbacks. I'm what you call a Wednesday Wednesday morning quarterback. I need a show like this to give me all the right details. Right after the council <laughs> meetings? <laughs> <laughs> I make my decisions before a couple you, days uh, Before you go into your file there, let me just say that uh, Jerry Swihart is, has provided the impetus for uh, getting the tent city back uh, at the IHSA. Good aggressive move there. Yeah, we had uh, we had the uh, the story that was in the paper last uh, Sunday where uh, Marty Hickman was interviewed by uh, Fred Croner, and uh, it was talked about the, the tent city being dropped, said so the convention and tourism uh, people had uh, written the IHSA a letter and uh, said, uh, hey, we're dropping this. And so I got uh, Emery Oney from the convention and uh, tourism uh, uh, board on and uh, talked about uh, the problems, and uh, Jerry, uh, Mayor Swihart, uh, heard the show and uh, immediately sprung into action, and looks like the thing is back on track again, right? It's on track, and I heard an interview you had with uh, Mark Dixon on the air here at WWS, and uh, we have a meeting, I believe it's Monday morning, uh, for the board of directors to get together and help organize this. So we hope to not only do it as well, but do it better this year. Okay, thank you very much. Go ahead there. That's an official-looking document you've got in front well, of you. It's, it's my privilege to be here this morning with the city of Champaign, Illinois, with a proclamation, and it'll just take me a minute or two to read this. And it reads, Whereas we honor Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate as they begin their 21st season of broadcasting the Saturday Sports Line, and whereas these two enthusiastic broadcasters regularly discuss Illinois sports team as well as other Big Ten teams, and whereas Jim and Lauren have lively interviews with sports media personnel from around the country, as well as state and local college and high school players and coaches, 
And whereas they continue to have an all-star guest lineup at every Saturday, and whereas Jim and Lauren fondly remember interviewing former U of I football coach Mike White, who never wanted to break for commercials, and they would often <laughs> run over on their allotted time schedule, and whereas Jim and Lauren were a broadcast team when the Fighting Illini basketball team went to the Final Four in Seattle, now therefore I, Gerald J. Swihart, mayor of the city of Champaign, Illinois, do hereby proclaim Saturday, August 21st, 2004, as Saturday Sports Line Day in the city of Champaign, Illinois. Well, well, thank you, thank you very much. We appreciate that a lot. And I have a copy of that well, for each of you to put in your scrapbook. All right. I'll uh, treasure that. Thank you, Mayor. We appreciate that uh, very much. And, uh, again, nice going on the, the Tent City thing, and thanks for being so interested in uh, in our radio station. Uh, I'd say one thing about uh, Mayor Swihart. He is accessible. Uh, we call him on short notice a lot when we think that uh, he had uh, something that uh, we would like to ask him. And, uh he comes right on and uh, speaks from the from the heart and from the gut all the time, and uh, we like that. Well, Penny gives me a good pulse of the community, so I can, <laughs> if I hear something on there, you better react because it's something that concerns the citizens, and not just the Sportsline show, but a lot of the talk shows you do here at the program are a very important part of the community to keep us together, so we appreciate everything the station does. Thank you, and Thanks again for the proclamation. Good luck to both of you. Thank no, you. Thank you. Mayor Jerry Swihart. Quick break here. We're coming right back. Thank you. What do you do? What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do when you need help with things financial? What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do when you have plans for tomorrow? What do you do? When you need money to buy a home, what do you do? Own a business, need a loan, what do you do? Checking, savings, investments too. You see, bank is here for you. What do you do? You see, you see, what do you do? What do you do? Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. How much do you really know about insurance? As a responsible adult, you already know that you have to have it and that your family should be covered at all times. And you know you're required by law to have auto insurance, but what types of coverage are best? That's where an independent insurance agency like Diamond Brothers can really help. Hi, this is Trudy Clapp from Diamond Brothers. At Diamond Brothers, we represent over 20 top-rated insurance companies, allowing our agents to match your needs with the company best suited for you. Diamond Brothers is one of the largest insurance agencies in the state, yet we operate independently in each community as a hometown agency. Our staff is highly trained and experienced to provide you with the best protection for your family or business. So remember, at Diamond Brothers, we'll do all of the competitive shopping for you. All you do is meet with one of our agents, help them determine what type of insurance is best for you, and then they'll find the most competitive rates on personal and commercial insurance. It's that easy. Visit Diamond Brothers today or visit on the web at D-I-M-O-N-D-B-R-O-S dot com. Hi, it's Stevie J. Talk to you Monday morning, bright and early from 7 to 9 after Gentry on News Talk 1400 DWS. This is a Saturday Sports Line with Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate. We're beginning our 25th year of uh, doing this. We have a lot of people uh, 
that have come out to uh, help us uh, celebrate today. We deeply appreciate that. And uh, Lauren has uh, Dave Downey with him. Dave Downey, uh, all these years later, and you're still in the record book, 53 points. Uh, you got to look back on that as, as a great day in, in your uh, collegiate career. And uh, when are they going to catch you? Well, I don't have any idea the way the game's played today and the number of minutes people play. It'd be unusual for it to happen. I remember thinking when I broke Andy Phillips' record that he must have been 110 years old by then, and that was only 20 years or so after he had done it. Now at 40-some years, I, I'm beginning to feel very ancient. But, you know, that, that record's going to be like DiMaggio's. I don't think anybody's going to catch it. Well, it would take an unusual set of circumstances as it did that time uh, because I don't think any coach is going to set somebody up to do it. And that uh, it happened that we lost the ball game, so I had to play a lot of minutes and uh, you know, kept trying to win the game. You had a, a few uh, a period there where you did a little announcing. Do you look back on it? What, what do you think when you look back at the times that you, that you did spend? As a, I think you were mostly color, weren't you? Well, I did color uh, actually on television with Tom Shandings on WCIA for quite a few years, for like eight or nine years after I was out of school. And then I worked a little bit uh, in the radio as well. But I, I was kind of with that like I was about professional basketball. I, I was just ahead of the big curve. I uh, could have played professional basketball when there wasn't any money in it, and I could have been in uh, – broadcasting when there wasn't any money in it and I didn't do either one I thought I thought that money had something to do with it didn't you think Jim what did you think yeah I think that's right I think he's made a couple of uh, good decisions uh, otherwise along the way well Dave it's uh, it's great to have you out here um, what are the what are your plans for these days what are you, are you just still working full-time well I'm working full-time uh, yeah, I've got you guys as my idols as long as you guys are out there a little bit ahead of me and still full of energy and uh, vinegar and uh, all the other things that you're supposed to be full of. I, I've got a chance to stay really enthusiastic, and as you know, I'm involved with the News Gazette and the radio station, and uh, it's a great community effort that you guys put out. And uh, I told Jim uh, with Penny, I think it's one of the great things in this community, and I think this one also is a very high-class, high-level sports talk program that will last perhaps as long as you guys do. We hope so, don't we? <laughs> That's the plan. Thank you, Dave. Hey, we Dave, thanks for coming by. Thank you, guys, and congratulations. And I hope you have maybe not 25 more, but maybe another five or ten at least. Yeah, Those scary. guys on 60 Minutes are our idol. You know? That's right. <laughs> if, if we can last as long as Wallace, that would be great, wouldn't it? I think we got Richard Herman coming by here in, in just a moment, the, the uh, chancellor for the U of I. Come on in, Richard. Sit down over here. <laughs> yeah, we have to take, you have to take your sunglasses off. There's no stars in here. Hey, good morning, Chancellor. How are you? Good morning. Wonderful to see you again. Nice I'm to great. see you. I hope you're having a love, good morning. Love to have you on the show. It's a great pleasure. Now, I, you, I, you came uh, with some uh, bearing something there. I, can't, I come bearing gifts bearing for gifts. both of you, uh, right? I didn't want to be presumptuous. Ah, well, so this is a copy of a book I commissioned some four years ago. It just came out. It's called No Boundaries. And it's uh, a history of the university told through 21 of the greats who, well, who have been here. He's even described, and this is yours. Right, well, uh-huh. uh-huh. You guys aren't interchangeable <laughs> parts, right? <laughs> I just opened this up, and it said, a Seattle report described Grange as, uh, as collegiate to the soles of his gold-bringing feet. Talk about Zupke, Huff. I mean, right. you See, sports in here. Exactly. No history of the university would be complete without well, a Bob, Bob very, Zupke very, story. Very right? kind of you to bring this right. out. Appreciate it a lot. Well, you're most Got welcome. a nice picture of the... Uh, of the quad there, uh, what that probably tells me someplace, but what year would that have been? 
Do you have any idea? Uh, you know I'll what? It pro- probably goes back to around the time of Isabel Bavir, the early part of the 20th century. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. love that quote in there from her, uh, which uh, uh, goes something like, like this, uh, written in 1900. I thought it, I'd never seen so flat and muddy a place, no trees, no hills, no boundaries of any kind. This lack of boundaries, physical, mental, opened up a whole new world for me. And it did for many of the greats who have passed through this institution who are still with us. Bevere Hall, named uh, after Isabel Bevere, indeed. Let's talk about some things here in uh, 2004. Uh, Sure. We talked to Ron Gunther earlier about the... All the uh, the building uh, projects that are that are going on. What what's your feeling about maybe priorities or ju- just give us uh, your your gut feel about where we are with regard to the uh, the assembly hall plan, uh, the either the renovation or perhaps a new building. Uh, what what they are talking about doing with the stadium, any any other projects? Sure, I think uh, w- one of the things uh, as, as we get into a little bit of history, of course, you know the the university goes back a few years, and uh, we have aging facilities all across the campus. As you know, we're trying to fix Lincoln Hall as well. So there are many many uh, buildings, and we're about to engage in a in a broad scale. Uh, rebuilding of the campus through uh, rebuilding the infrastructure. A kid like me finally learns a little bit about what tuck pointing means. <laughs> but in, in the in the athletic end of the world, we've been uh, looking for many years at uh, uh, addressing issues uh, w- with Memorial Stadium. And as you know, there's a, a, an RFP out on the street for us to... Uh, uh, get a group engaged in, in helping us design a, a plan to, to go at it. Uh, you know, some basic renovations, amenities, and the like, and, uh, and uh, maybe even giving the, giving the press a little bit of a better, better place to be wouldn't be such a bad thing. Uh, and, uh, lu- you know, what we might call luxury boxes. Uh, so I think that that's one thing we're going to engage in. Uh, the report uh, to which you alluded, Jim, uh, is going to the board, and I'd be happy to talk about it once they get a copy of it. Uh, but are there, are there recommendations uh, in this? Well, report? it's not so much recommendations, Jim, as it is. Uh, you know, he, he, here here are the issues before us. Uh, uh, how many uh, facilities can a city of a hundred thousand uh, support? Uh, and that's obviously important. You know, you don't want to build a facility and have have no one attend. So the, there are the, issue, the things that are addressed in there, and let me not get too far ahead of transmitting it to the board, but the things that are addressed in there are, are uh, renovating, as you uh, note, uh, uh, renovating the assembly hall, possibly building a new facility, and the multi-use facility there. And, of course, um, you know, we are trying to engage, as I said, in, if you will, in broad renovation of the campus, uh, and, and this includes our uh, much-needed effort uh, in Stil- regard to the athletic facilities. And we will have to prioritize this uh, ultimately when we, when we see what the all-in all what the costs are. This report goes to the uh, board for its next meeting or prior to its next meeting? Well, yeah, I don't know that it'll get discussed at, at, at the meeting. Uh, uh, but, yes, the report will go to the public, and, uh, and it'll be shared more broadly. I think once the, once the board has it, I'm comfortable in talking a little bit about the details. In terms of the uh, stadium, is there an order, is there a priority order between the north end zone, the press box, and the horseshoe? Yeah, and and I and I guess once we get inside and actually determine if we have any, uh, 
as you saw in the article this morning, if there are life and health and sa safety needs, obviously those would have to be addressed uh, as soon as possible. Uh, you know, as, as noted uh, Warren Hood's comments this morning uh, in the paper, uh, you know, the engineers come and check for structural safety every year. This is the first thing we, we want to guarantee, and then, then, we, then we fix the amenities, right? Now, uh, you have an, a, a press box situation where if you put in suites, you might be able to get some of the money back uh, as you yeah. go along. However, if you build a horseshoe, for re uh, there's no right. continuing money coming from any place unless you could fill them all every, w every game, which would make a big difference, wouldn't it? Right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, but I know, for instance, uh, one, one of the institutions I was at, Penn State, put in about $90 million worth of boxes. And I was there for a game and uh, uh, long before any were occupied, and they had $70 million sold. So it, it can be done. I guess it depends on the fan base and uh, our loyal alums. Uh, we, we've certainly got to count on, on fundraising for this, and, uh, and as you know, we'll be entering a campaign shortly. And uh, we count on our many, uh, many loyal alums and, and others to help support the campaign excellence of the university. Uh, for Strictly Sports or for Lincoln Hall and the rest? No, well, there'll be a campaign for the entire uh, university, uh, and uh, obviously... Um, you know that the la at the end of our last campaign, we completed uh, one in about seven years, which brought in uh, $1 billion worth of gifts and on hand and pledges. So we were very pleased at that and would hope certainly to exceed that number in the next campaign. But this certainly be guided by the next president, whoever he or she may be. Let me ask you a, a philosophical question uh, about uh, the relationship of uh, athletics to academics and and uh, the overall uh, role of uh, football and basketball teams and, and others uh, in the, the, the true mission of the, the university. How do you personally uh, feel about that? I know that varies from person to person. Certainly, Jim. I mean, uh, you know, we, we list our uh, missions as uh, teaching, research, uh, and service, or public engagement, and uh, no place in there will you see an explicit mention of athletics. On the other hand, athletics is a great is one of the great meeting places for all of us. It's uh, it helps define define the uh, the loyalty of our alums. It uh, helps gain gain interest uh, on the students uh, of the students in the broader university, and uh, having uh, uh, frankly uh, having uh, been sort of a of an athlete, <laughs> I, I enjoyed my time there, and I think it it played in no small measure who I am. So I, I think it has a role in, in the institution, and I must say uh, there's no person better uh, than uh, in helping intersect that role um, and an important one uh, with the academic mission, with the larger purpose of the university than, uh, than Ron Gunther. It's hard to imagine a new chancellor being more... Uh involved in some heavy athletic issues than you've got coming up here as, as early as this fall, it seems to me. I mean, That's you're correct. really being thrown into the no, fire. No, no honeymoon period. No, yeah. honeymoon no, period no honeymoon period. Well, I count, I count on the help of you, too, and, <laughs> and, and our loyal fan base. No, look, I, uh, this, uh, whatever the, the issues are, uh, the job of being a CEO of the campus is, is always a big one, and if it isn't athletics, it's going to be something else. We've got a lot to take on, but what, frankly, what, what is at shape is the future excellence uh, 
of this institution and it's a complex situation but my goal for the next campaign is to be the greatest public institution in the country and nothing less and it's a complex mix including student life and athletics are a part of student life and as we all know it's a, it's a big job and when you say you're the ceo of the campus a lot of people see the president as you know and the president has three campuses that's You've true. You've got one, and this is it. I mean, you're the boss here. Uh, that's the case. That's <laughs> the case. So there's no. Right. Uh, but we, we but we work. We, <coughs> we 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 work together. I I think the 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 the, the, the roles are both clearly defined and, and overlapping. Where do you think we are in terms of uh, of a new president? I mean, how close are we? Three, four, five months away yet? I you know the last time uh, the b the board reported out uh, the a applications were not yet closed uh, and I think right now for best consideration it was sometime around uh, the middle of August so I think I think the uh, the search committee will be interviewing people over the course of uh, the month of September and October Good. yeah I I mean I kn I know that people are being contacted. So and by the, the, first the year we well the the hope was uh, to meet uh, Jim's timeline, uh, you know as he was stepping out we would have a new person coming in, uh, you know that doesn't always work out exactly to the day, uh, but I know the uh, the committee and the board are uh, aggressively seeking highly talented individuals. Well, I hate to give you such a, a short uh, amount of time on the air this morning, but we were trying wow. to get a whole bunch of people on. But we really yeah. appreciate you coming out yeah. here. This is above and beyond yeah. the call of duty, and I think it's the second time we've had the opportunity to talk to you. And I, we're going to keep after you as long as, uh, as you don't mind. I, because, I, I uh, don't mind, and it's a great pleasure to be here. And I just want to uh, maybe I could just say what I wrote in, in, in the book to both of you. Okay. It is uh, many, many thanks. Deep appreciation for the for the first 25 years. And, uh, you know, you spoke about uh, coming out again. Well, I intend to uh, uh, make myself available, and I want to be here for the next 25-year <laughs> celebration. <laughs> we'll be here. So <laughs> That's their Chancellor <laughs> Richard Herman. We sure appreciate uh, his uh, attendance here this morning, coming out to help us celebrate as we begin number 25. We take a break, and we'll come right back. That's very kind. Sullivan Park Hill's monster truck tent sale is history. Thank you, Champaign County, for making it a monstrous success. Congratulations. You recognized a bargain and took advantage. So what does Sullivan Park Hill have to offer in August? We do have some 2004s left, but the key word is trade-ins. Our sale was such a huge success that we have more of the finest, low-mileage, reconditioned trade-ins than we've had in months. A few examples are 2002 GMC Pickup, 2001 Ford Explorer, 04 Ford Sport Track. All must undergo a rigorous inspection by ASE certified technicians and pass a Carfax history. Let's put it this way. I would let my family drive these trucks cross country. I guarantee you can buy with confidence. We stand out where it really counts. Sullivan Park Hill. Sullivan Park Hill off I-74 between Neyland Prospect and Champaign. 
It's official. Summer break is here. Time to start acting like a kid. So adults, it's your turn to take over campus. Drive on over, park in that open space, go on in, and sit right down to fun and great food at Legends. There's no reason not to. Legends menu appeals to the adult taste with the fresh and juicy whole beef Legends burger, the buffalo chicken sandwich, wraps, salads, gourmet pizzas, and awesome specials every day. But the kid and you will enjoy a game of pool, darts, or maybe a relaxing evening with friends in a covered beer garden. Legends, where the big kids play all summer long between 5th and 6th on Green Street in Campus Town. Drafty Old Windows. Let's be honest, they leak and those leaks are costing you money. Fix your problems by ordering quality Tempco vinyl windows from Alexander Lumber. Start saving money on your home energy bill while improving the look of your home with Tempco vinyl windows. Stop by Alexander Lumber at the corner of Prospect and Bloomington Roads in Champaign today. This is Steve Kelly inviting you to join me for Sports Talk from 5 to 6, Tuesday through Friday, here on DWS. I'll be doing my best to keep you updated on news from the sporting world with a special focus on fighting Illini athletics. You'll be hearing from Illini coaches and players. Your phone calls are welcome, too. And Steve Lehman keeps us updated on the sports news of the day. That's Sports Talk with Steve Kelly, Tuesday through Friday from 5 to 6, here on your source for local sports, DWS. Hi, this is Wayne Hagen with sports numerologist Mike Shannon. Mike, 3,630. The number of hits for Stan the Man. 1.12. That's Bob Gibson's ERA in 1968. 381. RBIs for Albert Pujols in his first three years. 105. Lou Brock's record-breaking stolen base. And the number of stations on the Cardinal Radio Network. 105 for Lou Brock. It's Cardinal Baseball on News Talk 1400 DWS. This is Brian Barnhart. Stay I'm tuned to DWS for coverage of Camp Rantoul and the scrimmage on August 21st. Brand new right here on News Talk 1400, DWS. We're expecting a uh, call anytime now from uh, Lou Henson, and uh, when we get him. Uh, We'll uh, put him on the air. In the meantime, Lauren's got some uh, people that have showed up here to help us out, and uh, they're out in yeah, the I, I got hallway. some really good Go ahead. fans here. Now, you're, uh, D Jim Fink, you're on the air, so don't say anything bad. I would never say anything bad. What brought you out so early in the morning? How'd you get up? I've been up all night. I, I, stay, <laughs> I stayed up for this. Jim Wright, uh, again, it's good to see well, you. it's nice to see you, and congratulations to you and Jim. Uh, You've made a lot of people happy on Saturday mornings all over the state. So now listen here, you, you were a coach for what, 13, 14 years? Well, about 15, right. 15 years, I mean, you still think like a coach? Sometimes, you know, you do too. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's a, little, a lot of fun sitting back and not really having the responsibility of doing it, but uh, it's a great game and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, you know, uh, Illinois is gonna have a terrific basketball team this winter, and, and Jim, you, uh, being a guard, you really have to appreciate the kind of team that Illinois has with Dee and Darren and guys that can move the ball. Something maybe that the Olympic team could use right now. I think they could use a couple three-point shooters right now. They're really struggling with that. But with Dee and Darren and Luther really almost a second guard, uh, Illinois is playing with three guards. And that seems to be the thing that a lot of big-time programs are doing now. Jim Fink, do you remember when Jim Wright played? Uh, yes. <laughs> 
You were a little kid, right? I was. My dad used to bring me over to the games. I'm Freeport? Yeah. Is there another program like this in the country? I wonder. Oh, I think so. I th there, not, there's not some. It's lasted for 25 years. Well, I, my point. well you know what? Uh, when Larry Stewart and I started this thing in 79, uh, I thought it was 79, and Jim came on in 80, uh, I was copying. I mean, I wasn't original. I was copying what I saw somebody else do it, and I thought, this has got to be a good idea, you know? So, so that we just decided to try it. But I think that's really the uniqueness of this, that, that it's gone on this long with the same two people. Yeah. Well, Egos get in the way sometimes, and, and programs disappear. And well, we haven't had any problems. heck of a job. Well, listen, i got to run. Jim Fink, thank you. I thought, well, did you get your check? No, I haven't gotten it. <laughs> Jim, Jim Wright, thank it's you. It's really unusual for two guys, one from Monticello and one from Olney, to make it this long. Well, we had to be from somewhere. We had to do something. We might have been from Lawrenceville. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks for See having you later. Yeah, good to get those guys on. we got Mike White on the line. Good morning, Mike White. Hi, boys. How you doing? You're still stealing for a living. I know that. Would well, you hold on, Mike? We've got a break for commercial. <laughs> We've never done that before. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Uh, good to have you on. Uh, well, we're, we're, we, still, we still got them fooled. Yeah, well, I, I, I just heard that last guy say something about the check, and I, I wondered if, if my check's still in the mail. You know, <laughs> you guys always paid me those big bucks. You used to give me a watch at one time, and hey, then it, it was faded into nothing. We're still in a hole because <laughs> you were on this show so many times, and you never once broke for commercial, and we don't have any of that income. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Huh? Is Mike the only one that ever did the show without us? Is Mike the oh, only I one? Oh, I think that, so. Yeah. I think in, in 25 years, I don't think anybody ever did this show that other than you and I and Mike White. Hey, I'll Mike, hold on. We got Lou Henson on the other line. Oh, great! That's great. Try, I'm proud of you guys. Try to get a conference call going here. You mean, oh, that would be great. Hello, Lou. Hey, you guys don't remember? I heard that remark. Don't you remember the day or days I ran the show? And people called in and said it's the number one show that they had heard. <laughs> Even better hey, than Mike White. Lou, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine, Mike. Thank you. Well, it's it's great to hear your voice. Yeah, I, I you know, when you and I did it, Lou, I think it was it, it, it spruced up the show a little bit. You know, it <laughs> added a little class. Well, I'll what I I think it kept the show on the air. Well, I think so. <laughs> I I was always I'm glad you reminded them of that because. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing there today. I think they're they got enough people over there, and they're I think they're maybe sniffing the sauce a little bit this morning. Huh? It's a mob scene. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike. I remember one time we were doing a coach's show, and uh, you came out. You and Lou used to uh, do a joint show between the football and basketball seasons, and I think you brought some refreshments out one night, uh, as I remember. <laughs> well, that you remember Lou that, Lou? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think I remember that, Jim. <laughs> hey, Lou, you always did have a squeaky clean reputation. You know, you left all the other stuff to me. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, guys. That's uh, with all the, you know, baloney. It, you guys are amazing, and uh, you stood the test of time, and I know your fans really, really appreciate it. Hey, uh, Mike, real quick, give us a rundown on how the Chiefs are doing. What's your role, and, and what do you got coming up this weekend? Well, I'm uh, ironically, we just broke training camp uh, in River Falls, Wisconsin, 
we play Monday night. Uh, we play the St. Louis Rams Monday night. And uh, so uh, Suzette Cox, uh, my good friend and my sort of associate, she and I are, were uh, in uh, Hastings, Wisconsin, <laughs> heading south, and uh, we reestablished our uh, camp in, uh, you know, back in Kansas City, uh, you know, starting tonight and tomorrow, and then play Monday night and uh, have a game the following uh, preseason game the following Saturday against Cleveland and then finish our preseason against Dallas. So uh, we have three more preseason games, and then we're, uh, you know, we're hopefully going to make a run at the Super Bowl. We, you know, we, we, we think we know what we're doing, and, you know, we've done it before, and uh, we have a lot of confidence that we can do it again. So uh, I think the Chiefs will be worth, worth watching. And uh, Lou Henson, did I see you got a uh, transfer this week? Right. We picked up a player from Prairie View, A&M, who's a very good player. I'll have to lay out a year, but uh, he should be a good one for us. Well, Lou, I, I know when we talked, you said that you're having a, a little bit of uh, trouble getting a couple guys eligible. What's the status of, uh, of your squad now as, you, as school starts? Well, it looks like this year we're going to have maybe nine on scholarship. The problem we have, we, uh, the, the 5-8 rule hurt us because, because we couldn't sign people until the 20th of uh, – April, then it took a while to sign people, so we had to gamble, and, and two or three of them didn't get in, so uh, that's why that, that we don't have a lot on scholarship. But we'll have two guys, a real good guard out of New York and the 6'9 guy that we'll have to lay out this year, but then next year they will be uh, very good players for us. We're visiting with uh, Mike White and uh, Lou Henson, and uh, if you have any questions of uh, the two of them, uh, you can give us a call and and uh, we'll try to get you on the air as well. We've been uh, joined here, guys, by uh, Congressman Tim Johnson. And uh, he just walked in. You remember Mike White and Lou Henson, don't you there, Tim? Well, I believe I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two major institutions in this, uh, in this university, in this community. Uh, I can't. You guys are sort of breaking up. Give me that one again. <laughs> well, Tim Johnson just walked in. Uh, Congressman oh. Tim Johnson, uh, Mike, you remember him. He's one of your sure. great supporters. I do, I do, and I appreciate that. I remember the legislative, uh, you know, acknowledgement from everybody, and uh, that was great. How, what's he doing? What I'm do just you, here. Doing, I'm Tim? just here to pay tribute to the best uh, show in the history of radio. Oh, oh wow! A, my son-in-law, Jeff Stevenson, uh, played uh, football for you back in the '80s, the Peach Bowl I, team. He speaks yeah, of you very, very well and kindly all the time. Oh, isn't that great? Well, you probably run into some of those guys. I, I really. Without saying it, I, I miss very much, you know, the fun we had in Champaign and all the good relationships, and it's amazing how many of them I, you know, I run into. So those were great days, and my family misses it, and it's, uh, it's just, I'm just glad to renew old acquaintances. Uh, Tim? Yes, Lou. Uh, Lou, uh, first of all, we do appreciate everything you've done to support uh, University of Illinois and the athletic program. But your dad, when I first went to Illinois in 1975, your dad helped us to organize uh, the rebounders. And uh, he was a key guy on that. And uh, he is such a hard worker and had, uh, had tremendous ability. And, uh, and we, we, we always uh, think of him and appreciate the great job he did. Well, Lou, I tell you, you and Mary are, and uh, everyone, but you, you and Mary was so kind to my mother and dad. And uh, I know that both of them... Uh, had uh, had and have incredibly wonderful feelings for you as the whole community and the whole university does and 
appreciate everything you and your uh, your family and your uh, your abilities uh, did for this great university of ours and are doing now around the country. Thank Rod, you, Tim. Uh, Jim Lou, uh, Lou, Lou, excuse me. Give us a, a quick rundown on your health. Everybody asks, and I know you're doing really well, but I know they want to hear it from you. Okay, Lauren, I found out about three or four weeks ago that uh, my cancer's in remission, and so what I am doing, I'm taking some chemo uh, for maintenance for a year, and I've already gone through about six months of that, and so uh, uh, probably another six months, uh, I won't take any at all, so, so I'm in great shape. You go, you go in every three, mo- uh, every three months for that? Uh, yes, and by the way, that's enough about me. I want to <laughs> say something about uh, the show. I want to congratulate you guys on 25 highly successful years. On Saturday in the morning, uh, the sports line, uh, that's tradition. People, they eat their breakfast, they have their coffee, they go to work, they go to the golf course, and they listen to you. And and, and another thing that makes it nice is the Illini fans are uh, very knowledgeable and uh, and they they that creates a good situation for a sports line. And and if you, of course, you guys, you guys do a great job because you are knowledgeable and uh, fairness is so important here. Uh, here you hear a lot of the uh, sports line shows, sports shows uh, in the bigger cities, and they dwell uh, on the negative all the time. And one thing about it, we know that you two are fair and uh, and do a super job w- with it. And uh, and so we just want to uh, again congratulate you and. Uh, and uh, it was great working with you. Uh, we're still working with you, but uh, for many years we were right there on the show a lot. And uh, Jim, Lauren, uh, Mary, and I, we really treasure your friendship, and uh, we've enjoyed those years, and we're still enjoying the years very much. Thanks, well, Lou. We thank you, uh, Lou, very much. Mike White, he never once said anything like that when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't uh, hey, He's got Mike. One of those selective memories. I got that figured <laughs> out. <laughs> That's right, Mike. Now, that's not what you said after you lost to Northwestern. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not what you wrote in the paper either, you (laughs) clown. Hey, Mike. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, the reason you and I wouldn't say anything uh, uh, positive about them when we were there is because they were our enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you're telling the truth, Lou. What the heck? No, listen. That was the greatest atmosphere. And, Lou, I'll always treasure uh, the relationship you and I had. Uh, with the football and basketball, and, and we sort of both had some success along the way, and of course you over a much more extended period of time than I did. And uh, but I'll always remember that relationship, and uh, I think it was honest, and you know there wasn't any selfishness, or you know I think we were both trying to help each other be successful, and and uh, that's not always the way it is in, in universities, and uh, I'll always appreciate that. Please be sure you tell Mary and you know anyone, the family, and just let people know that we're still thinking about it. We'll do that, Mike. And uh, by the way, you know, I still believe if the football team could get off to a good start, which you did uh, 
uh, I think it helps all the sports. And so uh, you can have good basketball without it, but it certainly helps to get the school year starting with uh, a good football season. So, uh, And you gave us that at Illinois. Mike, oh, uh, we're going to well, let you guys go here in just a minute, but uh, Mike, uh, fill us in on uh, where your what your kids are doing. Uh, people are always uh, wondering about them, and uh, you've been kind enough to uh, tell us as we've had you on over the years. Yeah, well, thank you, Chris. Chris is still uh, unmarried uh, at 42, and uh, but he uh, does have a, a live-in <laughs> girlfriend. Now, wait a minute, what, is is he trying to break your record? How old were you when you got married? <laughs> I'm afraid to I'm afraid to tell you. No, I was I was in my 30s, but okay. <laughs> oh yeah, he he far outdistanced me. But uh, and not, he didn't. He, I don't know if he'll approach you, Kate. But anyway, uh, along the way. But anyway, uh, he's in Sacramento and uh, doing well. He's in the real estate business, and uh, he did meet a nice gal that's out there with him. And so who knows where that'll go? But uh, and Carrie uh, and her husband Scott are in Modesto, Modesto, California, with the two grandchildren. Uh, Carrie, uh, the daughter Hannah is 11, of all things. Boy, it happened fast. And uh, Noah is uh, 7. And then Matt, the young one, uh, California. Uh, they have a 5-year-old and a 4-year-old boy, and uh, she's expecting a, a third. So uh, we're blessed. Uh, they're all in, you know, reasonably in California. Of course, now I'm, <laughs> I'm in Kansas City, so something's wrong with this picture. But anyway, we've... Uh, We've been very well. Thanks to both of you. You're two of our favorite guys. You know that, and we sure appreciate uh, you spending some time with us this morning. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lou, and thanks, Mike White. Well, Tim Johnson, there's a couple of guys to uh, remember, right? I mean, uh, did we have some fun when uh, they were in town? I think Mike White generated more enthusiasm. Uh, I just go back to that, that wonderful Rose Bowl year and. I think Channel 3 did a uh, thing called a run for the roses or some such thing. You look at that. The thing that's remarkable about it is how many people were in the stands, how many people were dressed in orange, and they were up on their feet. They're, they're yelling. They're, they're swinging their arms. Uh, I mean, it was electric. I think the thing that about that team that, uh, that you remember is not only the atmosphere. It was probably the only team, and it will be, given the new scheduling in the history of uh, University of Illinois or anywhere else, that beat every other team in the conference. And uh, they're two institutions. I just want to be here to pay tribute to two of you in this show. I mean, I represent uh, 22 counties and you, basically your whole listening area. And I've got to tell you that uh, there is no sports show or, frankly, no show that is more listened to or respected than, than this one. Lauren and, and Jim, you do just a spectacular job. And it is part of our everyday uh, or every Saturday morning uh, parlance. And uh, it's just a it's just a pleasure to play tribute to the team. I'm to put you to work a little bit. What do you think about the Olympic team? The basketball team? Basketball <laughs> team. Number one, international uh, basketball is growing. Number two, we'd be better off to take the Pistons or the NBA oh, championship or Pistons UConn. Are, the yeah. UConn. Just may take the champion and bring him over. And number three, and I say this respectfully, we've got a lot of individuals who make millions and millions and millions of dollars from American consumers and otherwise. Uh, who chose not to go to this game. Is it too much to expect somebody who can make $60 million a year to go over and represent this country one time in their life? Alan Iverson may be a little controversial, but he's at least there acting on our behalf. Four or five months ago, there were concerns about terrorism that some of the players expressed that I had some doubts. I mean, I talked to Mariotti going over. I listened to Mariotti going over there, and he's, he's concerned about 
security and that and that sort of thing. And we didn't know it. I, I think at that point just how safe it was going to be. I'm just throwing that out because I'm sure that some of the players really felt that. Well, it's a free country, and it's a and I understand that. And but we've done a, a lot in terms of, uh, of of our security apparatus to make this a safe Olympics uh, for Americans and otherwise. And uh, I would just have hoped, and in a good many cases it has been the case, that uh, all Americans want to join together in putting our best foot forward. And it is a bit disappointing, but I still think we're going to bring home the gold. I know you're on a short leash here today. You're doing, where are you going? Down to? Well, I'm, I'm headed from here to, uh, to Lona, to Atwood, to Mount Zion, and uh, then back to Charleston. And I'm going to end the uh, evening with a tribute to the troops down in, uh, in Charleston. And, and I'm looking forward to the day. And Looking forward to listening to the rest of your show, as I do virtually every Saturday and uh, throughout the uh, 25 years. I was reading uh, the last comment here. It's a good line. I'll be here for 20, 25 years from now uh, in uh, Reader's Digest when I was on the way over here. And the guy was celebrating his 103rd, 103rd uh, birthday. And they asked him, they said, well, you think you're going to be here for the 104th? He said, no, I'm absolutely certain of it. And he, they said, well, why is that? And he said, well, statistics show that very few people die between 103 and 104. <laughs> well, likewise, the odds are with you. You're, you're going to be here between for the 50th too. And uh, congratulations <laughs> to the two of you for what you are for this university, for this community, and uh, and generally, you're real all stars. Thanks, and I'm, Tim. I'm we, grateful we to be here. Thanks for much. your many con- contributions too, yeah, Tim. Thank glad you. To, to play a little part. Thanks. We'll uh, take a quick break here. We're coming right back on the Saturday Sports Line. I'm Doug Riskin, General Manager of the BodyQuest Store in Champaign. I want to invite everyone in to see our brand new location. Going on now is the BodyQuest's grand opening sale. We're offering some pretty terrific savings on top-of-the-line fitness equipment. For instance, True and Vision treadmills are priced as low as $9.99. Elliptical trainers start at $6.99. But the best deals are the manager specials, and those deals are made by me. Stop in and see me, Doug Riskin, at the BodyQuest Store. I'll help you design your own in-home health club, set up your workplace employee fitness center, or I can sell commercial equipment to any commercial gym or club. You just never know what kind of deals are on my mind. So it never hurts to ask me to give you a break on that piece of equipment you've had your eye on. Hope to see you at the BodyQuest store soon. The BodyQuest store, 503 South Mattis, next to Kinko's in the Round Barn Center, Champaign. Stop in or call 352-0207 and bug Doug for your best deal on the best fitness equipment on the market. The BodyQuest store. Are you a weekend gardener with a stiff back? An avid golfer with sore shoulders? A computer operator with aching wrists? For relaxing relief, enjoy the hydrotherapeutic benefits of a marquee hot tub from Rasmussen Pool and Patio. When you slip into a marquee hot tub, the warm, swirling water will soothe those aching muscles, helping the body to relax. Come to Rasmussen Pool and Patio and see their great selection of marquee hot tubs today. I-72 in Madison, Champaign. Golf season is in full swing and your place to play is the Orange and Blue. If you haven't played the U of I courses in a few years, come on out and give us a try. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. After your round, browse through our pro shop and check out the area's largest selection of Illini merchandise. For tee times or more information, call the pro shop at 359-5613 or visit us on the web at www.uofigolf.com. Join me, Ann Roten, for Standard Time every Sunday morning, 6 to 9.30 a.m. on News Talk 1400. And we're back on the Saturday Sports Live. Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate. And uh, Itch Jones has uh, joined us here. How you doing, Itch? Fine, Jim. 
You're looking good. Well, I feel good, but I really want to congratulate you and Lauren on the number of year you, years you guys have been together and uh, all the outstanding sports information that you deliver to us every Saturday morning, uh, both at the college and the national level. Thank you very much, Etch. Uh, before we go on here, we have a traffic advisory from the newsroom. There's been a serious accident at the intersection of Mattis and Kirby involving a semi and a car. A power pole is down. Please avoid the area as emergency crews respond. Let me repeat this a traffic advisory from the newsroom. A serious accident at the intersection of Mattis and Kirby involving a semi and a car. A power pole is down. Please avoid this area as emergency crews respond. That's right, next and to the Central Illinois Bank. Yes. A and uh, as soon as we get uh, more information about that, we'll uh, pass it along. Well, Litch Jones, what are you up to? What's this baseball team doing? Well, we've got a big game coming up, huh? Oh, yeah. Lauren wants to come out and take batting practice on our <laughs> alumni game and uh, – Probably wants you got to hit. somebody to throw it in underhanded. He, he wants me to lob it up to him so he can <laughs> hammer it good. Uh, our, our guys are still scouting. In fact, uh, Danny and Eric are in Canada this, this weekend. There's a big Canadian tournament going on over there, and they're in Canada, uh, hoping to come back with another Chris Robinson somewhere in the future. And uh, then we'll start baseball practice tryouts. We'll start the 4th of September, and we'll go three or four weeks in the fall based on uh, how our players are health-wise because a number of them went out and pitched this summer in the collegiate leagues. Last year they were tired and sore, so we shortened our fall practice and then extended our winter practice. Who had the best summers for your uh, uh, from your team? Randy Secrich had an outstanding summer on the mound. He did? Uh, he, yes, he did. He uh, was 5-0 and with an ERA, I think, under 1. It's uh, nice to have a six foot seven oh, pitcher in there. It is. It's nice to have him. You know, if we get all the six foot seven guys healthy, we'd be okay. <laughs> That's been one of our problems. But uh, again, uh, Andy ran into some arm problems at the end of the season. I think the last three or four weeks they shut him down. So uh, he, he's had an X-ray talk to him the other day, and uh, it's not serious. He doesn't think. And so with rest, we think he's going to be okay. Uh, we're hoping that Conroy, with rest, he's rested all summer. He didn't pitch. Marsh didn't pitch all summer. Uh, those guys were recovering from I injuries, I guess, during the season. Then you got Bloomquist and Tui and Jake uh, Stewart, all who had uh, Tommy John surgery. So there's seven pitchers that have been hurt or, or, or banged up a little, and that's been one of our problems the last year or two. And uh, I know you mentioned Bensko was having a good summer a little while back that he continued to have. And, and by the way, tell us about your new shortstop. I think Bensko did a, a, a good job uh, th this summer. He started off hitting well, and then he, he slacked off a little uh, as the season went on uh, as, a, as a hitter. But, you know, if he can cut down his strikeouts and make good contact, uh, our players will be good hitters. I think one of our problems has been we struck out so much. And if you look at the times they've hit the ball, they're all hitting about 450, but you add in a high number of strikeouts, and then you're suddenly back down to 240, 250. Uh, we recruited Toby Gardenhire, who is the uh, manage, is manager's, uh, his uh, father's the manager of the uh, uh, Minnesota Twins, and he's uh, played a couple of years of junior college ball, one year to four-year school, and we think that he's going to be able to come in and fill our shortstop position for us uh, this year and, and do a good job for us. He's had a lot of good experience, and, you know, with a father in professional baseball, you, you know that he probably knows the game very well. Litch, uh, thanks very much for sharing uh, some time with us. Appreciate you coming out this morning. Well, thanks again, and again, congratulations to both of you for the wonderful careers that you've had. Well, we are working at it. Sujay Lama has uh, joined us here, the coach of the women's tennis team at the University of Illinois. 
Uh, Sue Jay, good to see you. How good are morning, you? Jim. You guys have an unbelievable passion for what you do, and you know, really came by this morning to just thank you for what you guys do for us. Well, uh, you have taken this women's tennis program, much like uh, Craig Tiley has taken the men's program, and uh, put it right up there uh, where you're competing on a national level. And uh, it's uh, it's been amazing the the growth of the uh, the program. What uh, what can you tell us uh, about uh, the upcoming team? Well, you know, uh, it's been fun the last six years here, and it's just you know building every year and getting better. But uh, but this year, you know, it's it's going to be exciting because we've got four freshmen. You know, one from uh, Los Angeles, McCall Harkins, six foot lefty servant volley. I'm really excited about her. Mome Q from Portland, Oregon, and I have a kid out of uh, Florida. The last four years, she's been living there, but she's a Russian kid. Uh, she's about a five nine. Anastasia Sokolova, and then I've got a kid. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Dolan from uh, from Chicago. So I'm really excited about them. You know, it's going to be a lot of teaching, but uh, I think, you know, we have upped the uh, talent, and uh, now we've got to take it to the next level. Now, you lose uh, Jennifer McGaffigan. Yes, that's a that's a tremendous <laughs> loss. Yeah. That is a number, they're your number one player. Who will step up now do you see as being number one? Well, you know, Cynthia Goulet played number three for us, and she won her last 16 matches uh, in singles, and in doubles she was ranked as high as top ten in the country. So she has the talent. I think she was she's more talented than Jenny, but, of course, Jenny, you know, had an amazing work ethic and, and the heart. So it is a big step, though. To when you go number one, you're facing number one every time. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it, at the number one position, you have to be able to recover from a loss. You know, you're mm -hmm. going to have your losses. So uh, that's going to be the key. Uh, is she going to be able to handle that uh, from the standpoint of just, you know, day in and day out, you know, mentally, I mean, you know, the losses. I want to throw this one at you because you're closer to this than most people. Can Tylee replace those people on the men's team and still be a uh, national competitor uh, with new, re you know, this is a, the new he team. Has six freshmen or something yeah, like that. I mean too, he, that this is a big turnover for him. No doubt about it. But, you know, last year, too, I mean, they did lose uh, Rajiv and mm -hmm. Amerin, you know, yeah. who thought that they would have had the season that they had, you know. But uh, I will tell you, I mean, uh, Brian and Phil and, and Mike, I mean, those were, those were amazing guys. And, and you know, in this profession, one thing you can't replace is experience, you know, but uh, but I know he's got some talented guys, and, and Craig does a heck of a job, and, and hopefully they'll do they'll do well. Take a call. Hello, Ruth. Uh, I just want to say something about Mike, Mike White. I think it's wonderful that he won all those games while he was here, but in my book, the greatest thing he ever did was in the fall, he would have this seminar, I believe it was at Round Barn, called Football for Women. Yeah, we started that here at this radio station with Mike. Explain the plays and have some of the players there showing their equipment. Just well, wanted Mike, to say that. Thank you. And Mike good really luck to you guys. Thank Bye. you very much. Mike really had a knack for getting the women involved. And I think he was the first one to ever do that through the news, through the WDWS. Yeah, and uh, I, I told this story a hundred times, and it's uh, in my book as well. But it's a, it's a good story. I'm going to tell it real quickly. But on the very first one, Sujay, we had this, uh, I'd say we had 300 women in the audience. And Mike gets up there and he brings out a, uh, a, uh, a guy just in shorts and t-shirt, a, a lineman. And he said, okay, these are shoulder pads. And he puts the shoulder pads on. The, these are the hip pads. These are the, these are the pants. This is the uh, jersey. This is the helmet. And uh, he's and explaining everything to these women. And he said, now if anybody has any questions. So I'm out in the audience with my microphone. So I walk over to the first woman, and I said, you have a question uh, for uh, Coach White? And she says, yes, I do. She says, I would like to know whether 
those uh, jerseys are are dry cleaned or you launder them. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, I'll be blank if I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was a very successful program. It just kept getting uh, bigger and uh, bigger. So we had uh, a lot of uh, women that, that enjoyed that. Do you guys, uh, I'll ask you uh, one last question uh, since uh, Ruth brought that up. Uh, do you have any such uh, learn more about tennis uh, type thing that you and Craig do? All the time. All the time, you know, and, and uh, you know, like with, with our job every day, I mean, you, you know, you come up with something new and, 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 uh, and you always constantly, you know, put in situations you think, oh, well, you know, how, how in the world didn't I have that experience before, you know? So it's, it's always, uh, it's, it's always interesting. But, uh, Lauren, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, I, I read all your columns um, and, you know, some of the statistics you have there are just phenomenal. I mean, do you have a, like, do you have a book that you you know, you have yeah, I look at all those. <laughs> Do you have your own statistics <laughs> it's not, book? I, it's not in here. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned uh, columns, and, and I did something this year I never did before. I don't know if you caught it, but I ranked the women's teams and the men's teams uh, I, going I, into the season. And I, and I did it at the uh, recommendation of Jim Russell, who has more great ideas than anybody I'll ever know. And he said, Lauren, I want you to do this. And I said, you're going to get me in trouble with all these different coaches. i got to pick somebody last, right? Well, I did it, but uh, I thought uh, I learned a little bit in studying about those teams, and I think the soccer program is really going strong in the volleyball, and I moved them up because I think they're peaking, and, you know, I had to move softball down, and tennis is right there on the – you're knocking at the door. you got a lot of – you've got a really good women's program with a lot of sports that are knocking at the door. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've, uh, we've been in the top 25 the last two years, and we've really finished second in the Big Ten, I think, four out of the last six years. So we've been right there. Uh, you know, we just need that that extra like little break, a little bit of luck, you know, and I think we can take it to the next level. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be exciting this year because uh, it's a young team, and I think we're going to have a curve where you know we're going to have our setbacks. But I think the whole goal is going to be to peak in uh, April and May. But it's it's exciting. I mean, the, the, the all the programs are doing so well. Thank you so much, Sujay. Very nice of you to come out here on the. Nice Saturday morning. We got a beautiful day, 75 degrees. Uh, you right should at be the morning. playing tennis this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my daughter, probably. we're having a good time. We're going to go outside. <laughs> good. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Quick break here. We're coming right back with Roger Huddleston talking about uh, the Honor of the Chief Society and any uh, new developments that there might be there. And a little bit uh, later on, David Woods from the Olympics over in Athens. He's been watching some exciting Olympic performers, and we'll find out uh, what's going on with him. When we come back after we have this break, it'll be Roger Huddleston, then David Woods, about 11. Shopping for a garage door at one of those home superstores can be a real nightmare. To avoid all the hassle, drop into a Rainer garage door showroom. Welcome to Rainer. Can I help you with something? I see garage doors. For friendly, knowledgeable service on the garage door of your dreams, visit a Rainer showroom. From style and selection to professional installation, garage doors have been our only business for over 50 years. Lots of garage doors. See your local Rainer dealer, Champagne Danville overhead door by Rue in Ogden, or call 367-8121. Stop. Wait. 
Don't buy that 2004 car or truck. O'Brien Auto Park of Urbana announces brand new 2005s at the same payment you're making now. Or even lower. Who you gonna call? O'Brien! It's our 2005 introduction reduction at O'Brien Auto Park of Urbana, the number one volume new and used car dealer in East Central Illinois. Choose from over 800 new and used cars and trucks. Then get a 2005 Toyota, Mazda, Chrysler, Volkswagen, or Suzuki at the same payment you're making now or even lower. Hurry to O'Brien Auto Park of Urbana on the corner of University and Cunningham or online at O'BrienTeam.com. Why buy a leftover 2004 when you can get a 2005 car or truck at the same payment you're making now or even lower during our 2005 introduction reduction at O'Brien Auto Park of Urbana. O'Brien! Negative equity applied to new loan balance. Down payment may be required to keep payment the same with approved credit. Hi, it's Stevie J. Hope you can listen bright and early Monday morning. We'll get your week started the right way. Dave Gentry back on the radio, guest sportscaster. We'll have that on Monday morning as well. And American Trivia coming up at 8.15, brought to you by Area-Wide Technologies. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Talk to you Monday after Dave Gentry from 7 to 9, right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Hi, it's Stevie J. Talk to you Monday morning, bright and early from 7 to 9 after Gentry on News Talk 1400 DWS. We're back on the uh, Saturday Sports Line. Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate as we begin year number 25 of the Saturday Sports Line. Trying to keep track of the people we've had on, and I'll give a little rundown at the end of the of the day. But it's uh, it's a good number, and we sure appreciate people uh, coming out here and being on. And uh, we're pleased to have Roger Huddleston uh, in the studio with us. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, guys. How's Champagne's very own odd couple this morning? <laughs> <laughs> we're odd, <laughs> as odd as ever. And uh, how are you? Uh, I've talked to you. Uh, several times in the past week and a couple of times i could barely hear you you're you're feeling better i take it feeling terrific and um life is good life is good hold hold on here this is a guy we all know brian silverman hello brian good morning gentlemen go cubs (laughs) you know i just wanted to congratulate you i've been listening to this show since i was just a little kid (laughs) and uh, all right i can remember when lauren had hair and uh um it was. It's a great show. All kidding aside, uh, everybody's been gushing over it, and rightfully so. You guys uh, uh, performed just a great service. And, you know, one of the people said it's different than other uh, sports shows because you go in depth and so forth. I'll tell you what really makes the difference. You listen to these big city sports shows, and they always are yelling and screaming, and they're always extraordinarily negative. Well, you guys neither yell or scream. And sometimes you're negative when it's appropriate, but it's not an all-the-time thing like when you listen to the score or one of those stations. That's what I really like about this show. And you guys do a tremendous job. You get along despite the fact that one's a Cardinal fan and one's a Cub fan. And, of course, I can't say which is which. Well, the Cubbies are doing okay, Brian. They're doing fine. Despite what you did to them when you last appeared on our show. They were two and a half games out, and the next thing you know, they're 14 and a half games out. Well, if you recall, you asked me at the end of the show if they were going to make it this year or not, and I didn't want to answer the question because I'm enough of a Cubs fan to know I don't want to say anything because anything could happen, and I kind of 
you know, nobody expected the Cardinals to play this well this year, and my hat is off to them. They're just uh, they're having a century type, once a century type year, and congratulations to them. They're doing real well, but I hope we'll get to see them in the playoffs. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate okay. your call. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Roger Huddleston, what's new with uh, Chief Alinawek, the honor of the Chief Society? Well, the honor of the Chief Society has been busy as always. Uh, as I've told you many times, it's a project that if we'd have known the scope of it four years ago, we probably wouldn't have done it. But uh, it has been tremendously fulfilling and exciting. Uh, and I think this last year has just been phenomenal. Um, the leadership that I've been pretty critical of within the Board of Trustees has really blossomed, and I give great credit to Larry Epley uh, for driving towards the consensus resolution. And I think that that is going to hold the promise of an Alinawick tradition that will be much different than what we've had, and it needed to be changed. I think that's a great thing about the dialogue. How different? Right now, the official position in writing uh, is a one-line job description, and it says Chief Alinawick will be a symbol of the DIA. Um, May, will, will be. No, currently is. Is okay. okay. A symbol of the DIA, um, and in respect to those folks that have anti-chief feelings, if I was to go ahead and take that at surface and didn't know the heritage and the history, I would say, hey, that's a sports mascot, and that's the the limit of his of his being. Well, that was written in 1990, and of course the chief's been around since 26. Uh, what's happening with that is that I think that through the dialogue and. You know, Epley reprimanded all of us last November. I mean, he just really looked at everybody and says, listen, you guys are all about positioning and posturing and your own agendas. It's time that we began the dialogue that we were supposed to have two years prior. And an amazing thing happened. A number of us, I believe, heard it. We haven't been doing it in the press. I think everybody was kind of a press-oriented, getting the public message out. And uh, even though it's been somewhat of a cliche, a number of people of goodwill from various perspectives, have been dialoguing rather than debating and have been uh, seeking consensus. And that's an interesting word, seeking consensus. It doesn't mean compromise. It means finding things that we can all agree on, and it may be one or two, but then building on that. But an interesting thing, Lauren, has come out of that, as, as certainly in a lot of conversations that I've had with a lot of folks that don't agree with me, is some respect. And I think that Larry Epley really tapped into something with that, and out of that has come this consensus resolution. And I think that you're going to find an expanded role in something that reflects on the heritage. This is not a symbol that is trying to emulate uh, the Alinawick and to be a true Native American, but it's a symbol of a heritage that we can all share. University of Illinois is a great land-grant university that has been around for a long time. We've got people from all over the world that have come here, cultures and everything else, under a common banner of doing good and setting standards and going back out and impacting the world. And if there was ever the potential to have a symbol of diversity, uh, and that's an interesting word, how that word diversity is used, where he can be a personification of all the good attributes that we all hold to and that we want to subscribe to. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity, and I think he's going to become a great ambassador, and I'm going to use that word as opposed to symbol, of diversity and have outreaches not just in education but as a a mechanism for social impact. Some of the Native American people that we've talked to are really looking forward to a defined chief alignment tradition that
expands way beyond the athletic field and gets away from just the mascot aspect of it into something that uh, is going to have some pretty profound impact. So it's been an interesting year. Roger, we only have another five minutes or so here, but then it's much too short a time to, to explain everything that, that is happening. But could you fill us in on what's going on with the NCA and the NCAA? Well, let me take the second one first because it's a much easier thing to do. Uh, there were there were parties within the NCAA that literally wanted to go ahead and say that any school that had a Native American mascot or symbol uh, would be given a choice of whether they had their membership in the NCAA or give up their Native American symbol or mascot. And I understand some of that to a certain extent. Well, what's happened out of that is that common sense has kind of kicked in and also the fact that I think some university presidents realized that if that would be a condition of membership, there possibly could be some others. And what they've done is the appropriate thing. Executive Committee staff, as of last week, has been appointed to go ahead and put out a self-evaluation questionnaire to all universities and colleges, and I think there's 26 of them now, that have Native American symbols or mascots, and ask them to go ahead and do a self-evaluation based upon the criteria that the NCAA is about. That's all due back in August of uh, 2005. We think that's tremendous and a, and a very well-rounded way of looking at it. So I think that's, that's an issue that is good, and they put safeguards in place so that there's going to be respect and some credibility. The NCA, I think from the very beginning, and this is certainly my opinion, uh, Maybe you better tell people North what Cent that is. North yeah. Central Association. Mm -hmm. They're an that accreditation. accreditation people. Mm -hmm. Right, and there's various groups that take geographical areas throughout the United States. And their job is to basically do one thing, and that's maintain an atmosphere where kids can learn or where people can learn. And it's not much greater than that. All their recommendations and, um, and edicts, if we can call them, need to be around that type of a mission statement and also need to be data-based. Uh, there was some presupposed or predisposed, I should say, folks that came here four years ago and got really caught up in this whole thing. A reinspection was done here about a few months ago, and again, pretty much predisposed uh, as some of the individuals were. And as I understand it, the report's going to be coming out, and uh, the NCA is going to realize that in spite of some individual opinions about social architecture, there's going to be no censure of the University of Illinois. But, but one of the three uh, people on the, on the NCA board is going to state that it does not leave a uh, good atmosphere for learning. It does not create a good atmosphere for learning. That's an opinion of, uh, I'd call that almost a minority report. Uh, it is, and, and she and I had words. As uh, a matter of fact, I refused to testify because I was asked on behalf of the University of Illinois to present the pro-chief uh, position. We were given 55 minutes and could have 11 people go ahead and present. Where? At uh, the University of Illinois. Then the anti-chiefs were given 55 oh. minutes also. It just so happens that our time was shortened because the antis ran over and we only had six people there because we wanted to be able to answer questions. The first thing that she said to, to us was, we are not going to let you speak five minutes each. We're going to let you speak four. Well, everybody had prepared statements and documents and uh, she was very adversarial. Uh, right from the very beginning. I, I refused to go ahead and even give my testimony and verbally. I gave it in, in uh, written form. The other, the other people chose to go ahead and abbreviate their presentations. And so um, I hate to say the fix was in before we started, but it was very antagonistic. And, um, but it's her opinion, and she's certainly entitled to it. I think in the end, I have not seen the final report, but I've heard reports on it, um, NCA has to work within a certain scope. And... Uh, the University of Illinois has certainly presented documentation that not only is it not a hostile atmosphere, but 
boy, minority involvement in students, Native American representation as far as students. As a matter of fact, right now, the Native American students at the University of Illinois has grown in numbers the last four years, and right now, the percentage of students at the University of Illinois that are Native Americans is greater than the percentage of Native American people in the state of Illinois for the first time. It's pretty remarkable uh, how staff and other minorities are represented within the university, again, is admirable. So, you know, that's not a short answer to a very difficult thing, but I think lots but of things NCAA are going in the right direction. report is uh, coming out soon, is it not? Next week. Yeah, as I understand, I understand it's been issued. It's already in the hands of uh, the board, and uh, it's up to them to go ahead and present it. But I think, again, when all said and done, they looked at the criteria. They said, hey, we've got an individual minority opinion. We'll certainly note that. But University of Illinois is a great institution of higher learning and certainly does not have a hostile environment for learning, and that's the kind of the wording they use. Roger, thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate your good work. Uh, you and Gene Edwards and uh, Howie Wakeland and, and a few others are keeping this thing alive, and uh, I truly believe, and I've said this before, had it not been for you and uh, and your cohorts, that uh, we may not have a chief right now. Well, let me it's join some been a battle. Let me join some others here, and I, I know we're short on time. WDWS, you and Lauren have left a public forum where everybody's welcome to go ahead and discuss this. We are unique in this community to be able to have an open forum six days a week. And so on behalf of a grateful community and uh, a little boy that's 57 years old, I thank you. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, Roger. You. We sure appreciate it. Bet. We'll take this break and see if we can find David Woods. He's in Athens. He's covering the Olympics. Hi, this is Wayne Hagen with sports numerologist Mike Shannon. Mike, 3,630. The number of hits for Stan the Man. 1.12. That's Bob Gibson's ERA in 1968. 381. RBIs for Albert Pujols in his first three years. 105. Lou Brock's record-breaking stolen base. And the number of stations on the Cardinal Radio Network. 105 for Lou Brock. It's Cardinal Baseball on News Talk 1400 DWS. Sullivan Park Hill's Monster Truck Tent Sale is history. Thank you, Champaign County, for making it a monstrous success. Congratulations. You recognized a bargain and took advantage. So what does Sullivan Park Hill have to offer in August? We do have some 2004s left, but the key word is trade-ins. Our sale was such a huge success that we have more of the finest, low-mileage, reconditioned trade-ins than we've had in months. A few examples are 2002 GMC Pickup, 2001 Ford Explorer, 04 Ford Sport Track. All must undergo a rigorous inspection by ASE certified technicians and pass a Carfax history. Let's put it this way, I would let my family drive these trucks cross country. I guarantee you can buy with confidence. We stand out where it really counts. Sullivan Park Hill. Sullivan Park Hill off I-74 between Neyland Prospect and Champaign. It's official. Summer break is here. Time to start acting like a kid. So adults, it's your turn to take over campus. Drive on over. Park in that open space. Go on in and sit right down to fun and great food at Legends. There's no reason not to. Legends menu appeals to the adult taste with the fresh and juicy whole beef Legends burger, the buffalo chicken sandwich, wraps, salads, gourmet pizzas, and awesome specials every day. But the kid and you will enjoy a game of pool, darts, or maybe a relaxing evening with friends in a covered beer garden. Legends, where the big kids play all summer long between 5th and 6th on Green Street in Campus Town. This is Brian Barnhart. Stay tuned to DWS for coverage of Camp Rantoul and the scrimmage on August 21st.
right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. We're back on the uh, Saturday Sports Line, Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate. And joining us on the phone from Athens is uh, Dave Woods, who worked for the uh, News Gazette and is now reporting... He's not there. Why, why, what does that mean when that line is blinking like that then? Uh, he's just not there at all or what? When you called uh, that uh, cell phone number? Oh, okay. That's all right. We've got plenty of other people to talk to, and we'll uh, keep trying, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get him. You had him on uh, the air uh earlier this week it's uh brother Sapini. hey there you go hey john how you doing well, it's early morning dang it this is too early to do something like this you guys <laughs> have a nighttime show this is our copley guy he's uh, going to be covering the illini tonight what do you expect in the in the, in the scrimmage tonight seven o'clock over at rantoul well i'm really interested in watching the defense and watching kelvin hayden and watching morris virgil and watching the defensive tackles that's pretty much what i'm going to see and me too you know and i don't know what to expect i mean i'm who knows? I mean, I, I, I'm also interested in seeing how those guys stack up against somebody wearing orange and blue. Well, that's that's the thing that, uh, you know, if we can't stop them, we can't beat them, you know, and, and that's the key. And it's always tough because when you watch a scrimmage like this, if one does good and, and the other does bad, then, you you know, you don't know if, if the defense does good, you think the offense is no good. Yeah, but I'm really interested in watching these defensive tackles. Those guys are huge and they can move, and that's something that they really needed last year. Uh, have you seen anything so far at practice that jumps out at you? Um, it seems to me like Butcher is a lot more confident and a lot more at ease. And I don't know if you have you seen that. It seems like he just seems to be there's an air about him, and it seems like he's different in the last couple of years. And I guess you would expect that to be a six-year guy, but he seems different to me. Yeah, I I see it in the seven-on-sevens. I see it in the practices when they go eleven-on-eleven. I see a lot of passes I think ought to be completed, and maybe I'm just, you know, putting the standard and put, maybe putting it too high. I don't know. Yeah, I, you probably would agree with that a little bit. But he's come a long way, I think, in the last year. And, and who knows how long that back hurt him last year. Maybe it was hurting a lot earlier than he, than he admits. Well, we're going to be over there uh, tonight to watch him. Uh, John, thank you for coming by. I'm going to get to Jeremy in here for a minute and see how the, how the Cardinals are doing. Yeah, he's happy. He's got a story for you this morning about his little brother at the oh, ball uh, game last n- night. Nice, uh, nice pants, by the way. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said they're nice. <laughs> they're looking good, man. Thanks, John. Jeremy Rutherford is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and his brother did something this last night, was it? Yeah, my brother was at the Cardinal game. I got a phone call from him last night, and he said, did you see the highlights uh, with uh, Julian Tavares throwing his hat into the crowd? And I saw the guy that was wearing the hat. Yeah, we saw on ESPN the guy that caught it, and he was wearing it. Well, my brother and a friend offered the guy $140 for the cap, and he took it. He was a college kid with not a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) And so my brother was calling me last night from the stadium and said he had the hat on. Is there any pine tar on the bill? I think he said there was. I think uh, Tavares admitted that last night, so that's why they kicked him out. But, uh, Lauren, like you said earlier when we talked about this, uh, you would think that the – Major League Baseball would want that hat. Yeah, I would think they'd want to keep the hat so they could, uh, you know, if you're going to bring some penalty suspension or something against Tavares. That there with uh, Sosa's bat. 
Yeah, I'd be right. Yeah, I mean they they did uh, they did uh, grab Sosa's bat when he uh, used used it, didn't he? Yeah, sure did. No, I, I would think the same thing. Uh, Larusa said in the paper this morning uh, when he heard about uh, you know one hundred and forty dollars being paid for that, he said I offer two forty. I'll get the hat back and auction it off for his uh, animal foundation that he has. So if you had the right people, you might be able to get several thousand for that hat just because of the nature of it. Yeah, it's just insane with. Uh, you know, memorabilia and things like that in today's... Your brother may make some money. Yeah, yeah, which just seems to blow my mind because all it is is a hat from an average pitcher. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, tell us about uh, your feelings about the Cardinals, the way they're on the run, and what, what are the guys down in the office saying, you know, at the post-dispatch? Well, I think they're really, uh, you know, high on this team. Uh, I've been in Champaign the last couple of weeks covering this football team, so I haven't gotten a chance to see an awful lot. Shoot uh, rolling bobbles a couple balls the other night, I guess, one through the legs, and and that's you know kind of rare to see, but then they bounce back and get two from Pittsburgh last night. So I think you know when the Cardinals do lose a ball game, people just need to you know relax for a second and realize that you know that you're not going to win every ball game, and that the playoffs are around the corner, and that's what everybody's gearing up for. And uh, you know just keep things uh, fine tune them, uh, get ready for the playoffs, and, and then we'll see what happens then. Be covering the Illini all this fall? Yep, sure will. This is the third uh, football season I'll be covering, and. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've been in camp the past two weeks, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this too, but Ron Turner does seem a little more at ease. He seems, uh, you know, a little more media friendly and, uh, you know, staying after practice and talking to us each day and has a lot of good things to say about the team. And, uh, and I can see it for the first time this year. You know, the past couple of years he'd say something and you really wouldn't uh, buy necessarily, you know, what he was saying. But some of the things he's pointing out in uh, camp so far, uh, they, they really might happen. Yeah, well, I think he's been in a, in a really good mood, although a couple of days ago he really got on the offense uh, heavy, and, and he, he called it the uh, Puerto Rico uh, yeah. uh, thing. It was like the, the uh, Puerto Rican team against the uh, Olympians. He said, we had one group that was really playing hard and another group wasn't playing hard, but, I, you know, they always exaggerate those things, and they do it to try to inspire the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of good things on uh, go happening. I, there are also a lot of question marks, as all of us know. You know, the defense last night, a lot of question mark last year, I should say. A lot of things, but there's a lot of players stepping up. The defensive line, the cornerbacks with the speed back there with Morris and, and Calvin Hayden. So a lot of good things happening, too. Jeremy, thank you for coming by. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's really a pleasure. Thanks, Jeremy. Jeremy Rutherford of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And now I believe we do have Dave Woods on the line. Hello, David. Yes, uh, good, uh, good, good evening here from uh, Athens, and I guess uh, good morning there in, uh, in Champaign-Urbana. Yeah, Dave, we've had a great morning here. A lot of uh, people have been kind enough to come out. We've had uh, a lot of uh, folks on the show and a lot of others just come to visit and say hello, and uh, we're pleased to have you on. Uh, uh, track is uh, just uh, underway at the Olympics, but uh, let's go back and talk about uh, some of the exciting things that you saw prior to the beginning of, uh, of track, uh, in uh, swimming certainly, and then uh, that double win in, uh, in the all-around in gymnastics had to be really highlights. Yeah, that was. I was. Uh, I was fortunate to be at the uh, at gymnastics for Carly Patterson. I was not there for Paul Hom. Uh, she just. I, I just thought she uh, performed spectacularly. The. Um, uh, I think that the Svetlana Korkina, the Russian gymnast who won the silver medal, was a bit miffed about the scoring. But uh, frankly, on on a couple of her routines, uh, you know, compared to what some of the other gymnasts were doing, you know, she was very elegant and very graceful. But she just didn't do very much. So I, I thought I thought that outcome was warranted because Carly Patterson's performances on the balance beam and the floor exercise were, were just riveting. 
Hey, Dave, how did you handle the uh, the uh, information that came out after the men, after Ham had won that uh, three of the judges have been suspended for not properly uh, handling? Uh, explain that. Well, see, I'm, I'm, since I was not since I was not uh, you know there for that uh, for that competition and and really haven't been following that so close, I've kind of let the uh, the uh, wire services handle that for us because with uh, with two people here and and uh, 28 sports, it's pretty much impossible yeah. to cover it all. But I'm I'm not I guess I'm not sure anything is going to come. I'd be surprised if the outcome were were affected. Well, I don't think the outcome is going to be affected, but it does indicate that uh, they didn't handle it properly, and evidently the judges won't be back. I guess, huh? Yeah, I suppose. Was the, was the main was the main gripe that the uh, that the scoring on on Hom's vault was too high? No, the main uh, complaint was that they did not properly score the other uh, one because of the uh, the quality of the um, degree of difficulty. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I see. Because all these start values. Uh, yeah, it, does, it was the start it, value. That's exactly what it was. When I, it's, it's, uh, all of these, all of these judge sports, I'm afraid, just sort of have inherent, inherent shortcomings. And yep. it's uh, when you're when you're winning medals by, uh, you know, by uh, by a hundredth of a point, uh, you know, every every thousandth and every uh, tenth, you know, or every hundredth, you know, becomes so much more magnified. Well, yeah, I guess the difference was twelve thousandths of a point or something. Yeah, thirteen thousandths. Yeah, it's, it's subjective. That's why. That's why I like track so much better. I can tell who won. Yeah, yeah, I usually can. Uh, and the, uh, you know, they had the controversy in, in the backstroke where Aaron Pearsall was was temporarily yeah. disqualified and subsequently instituted. And I think that really was an injustice. I mean, they, you know, the guy won by three seconds. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Michael Phelps and uh, what he has uh, been able to do, and then uh, the the gesture that he made uh, last night or. Toward uh, his uh, teammate Ian uh, Crocker uh, was really—I uh, don't know—I was really touched by that. I, I understand he's, you know, Phelps is still going to get a medal because he swam in the preliminaries, but he he gave up his spot on the uh, the relay to, to Crocker, so Crocker has a chance to win a gold. Yeah, that's right. I, I'll give you, I guess, a sneak preview of tomorrow's Indianapolis Star. I, I wanted to talk to some people to try to put Phelps' Phelps' achievements in perspective and and. Uh, I spoke to both uh, Rowdy Gaines and John Neighbor, you know, former U.S. swimmers. And of course, uh, Rowdy is doing the NBC commentary. But they they both said they thought it was unprecedented in the sport of swimming. And uh, you know, I, I guess I guess they were pretty pretty stunned. And I think also goes to show how the um, even though swimming is an individual sport, you know, over the decades the U.S. swim program has managed to transform that into a team sport. Every time they get to a major competition, uh, I know the Australians have. I think they're somewhat envious of it. I've sort of tried to duplicate it, but it, uh, but the, the team feeling on U.S. T- uh, swim teams, I think, always exceeds what I see in other individual sports that attempt to become a team, but don't seem to be able to handle it quite quite as successfully as the swimmers do. Well, uh, track is uh, is underway, and uh, saw a little bit of that uh, last night. Uh, what's happening? Let's see. What it's evening over there now, right? Yeah, it's evening over here. The uh, the women's hundred meter final is uh, is later tonight. I'm actually here at the uh, I'm actually here at the at the swimming venue. Uh, just it's away here from the start of the women's uh, 50 meter freestyle. Uh, the program tonight is a relatively short one. It's the women's 50 meter freestyle. 
the men's 1,500-meter uh, freestyle and then the two medley relays, uh, which, of course, uh, you know, Phelps could secure his eighth medal. And, and Jenny Thompson, I see, is in the star list for the women's uh, relay. And if, if the women win, that'll be her ninth gold medal, which would equal the, uh, the all-time Olympic record, you know, shared by Pablo and Hermie and Carl Lewis and, and a couple of others. Now, you wait till Phelps is finished, though. Yeah, well, he, he's going to, and Phelps, of course, is... is uh, he's going to have eight already, right? Would equal the record if, if, assuming, you know, Americans aren't disqualified or some catastrophe happens, uh, his, uh, his eighth medal would, would equal the most uh, ever won by uh, any athlete from any country in any sport in any single Olympics. Dave, i got to ask you, where did you pose for your picture? Well, you must be referring to the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, you know the what I'm referring Athens to. Thing. Well, I, I, I wanted to write the story, and uh, a new assistant sports editor, Chris Wright, I think his imagination ran away with him, and uh, I, I proposed just proposed letting me be Zeus for a day and listing ten uh, suggestions I'd have to improve the Olympics. And it was his idea to dress me up uh, to look like Zeus. So we just did that in the we just did that in the studio at the uh, Indianapolis Stars, uh, uh, you know, photo studio. Oh, and, you did and, that uh, before you I, left. I, 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 t- I, t- I took one for the team on that one. Oh, did silly. you ever? Yeah, we have that blown up. It's about uh, three feet by five feet. It's up here in the front lobby for people to see this morning. Well, people seem to get a pretty good chuckle out of it. I hope they uh, took it in the spirit with which it is given. Uh, What happened to Alan Webb? That was really a disappointment. Oh, yeah, that was a huge disappointment. Uh, You know, frankly, he ran like a, uh, you know, he ran like a uh, someone completely unprepared for international competition. Uh, It must be, I... haven't uh, spoken to him, but I'd be interested to know the thoughts of University of Michigan coach Ron Warhurst, because I, I think the coach uh, Webb went to Scott Rasco, his former high school coach. You know, is probably terrific about you know training, and then Webb is very fit. He's, he's had a he's had a wonderful season, but uh, you know, international racing is is very tactical, very physical, and it's a whole different deal than just uh, than just going out and running fast and you know running fast in a in a European meet or, or dominating a, a U.S. field. And uh, coincidentally, a, a University of Michigan runner, uh, Nick Willis, qualified third in that heat. He, uh, he represents New Zealand, but he, he trains at Michigan with Ron Warhurst, so it was sort of coincidental in that same heat. Uh, Willis advanced, and Webb did not. And uh, the, the young guy from uh, Baylor, my, his name escapes me at the moment. It shouldn't. Yeah, because... Jeremy Werner. I, oh, I th- I wow. Think, I think he could be, well, um, I was with Ken Stevens of the Dallas Morning News because I I just think Werner is just a is could just be a huge story and 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 uh, you know politically incorrect or not it is notable that there has been no white American sprinter win an Olympic medal in 40 years. Owen Castle and Mike Larrabee in uh, in 1964 were the last to do so. Now there have been white sprinters from other nations that have won uh, that have won Olympic medals, but I think there's I think the uh, I think the culture in the United States is as as sort of a you know maybe contributed to the absence of uh, of uh, of white spinners excelling at, uh, at at international competition and Winter just looked terrific and he told uh, Michael Johnson of course you know a colleague with Baylor as is Werner told Ken Stevens of the Dallas Morning News that uh, Jeremy Werner looked ten times as good as anyone else out there. And uh, NBC did a piece on him. Uh, I don't know if. Uh this is uh, something that's generally known or not, but uh, the piece said that uh, when he was watching the Atlanta games, and he that would have been eight years ago, so he'd have been 11 years old at the time. Uh, at that time, uh, seeing Johnson run, he then t- 
turned to his mother and others and said, I'm going to do that. That's, uh, that's what I want to do. Well, that was kind of the beginning of his, uh, of his uh, career. Because he was recruited. Um, well, he played high school football and, and was recruited some for football. And uh, I think Baylor decided not to offer him a football scholarship, so he just kind of shrugged that off and said, you know, okay, I'll go run track. And, um, you know, the way that the sport has, you know, progressed professionally, he is, uh, you know, if he, if he would be a double gold medalist here, you know, he could he could possibly make uh, as much or more in a, in a track career as as he would have if he'd just been some run of the will uh, run of the mill wide receiver. And actually, he's so small. I don't I don't know that someone like that ever could have uh, ever could have progressed. But I, I think he'd been fast enough. Dave, you have any uh, thoughts about the basketball? Whether they can turn the thing around? You know, I, I guess I'm just so in uh, that the Olympic Games. You know, to me, are not about uh, about basketball. I guess I'm so indifferent to it uh, my only thought on is I, I think it underscores my my theory that the that the nba is a is a bad product uh overpriced and performed by uh performed by by athletes who are uh you know under trained and the, the fundamentals and and perhaps even under coached i just i think it's interesting too to look at you know college basketball i think has continued to thrive you know despite you know the widespread departure of its some of its biggest stars and college basketball still seems really popular, but I, I watch. I can't hardly watch NBA games. That, that's just me personally. I, I just think it's it's boring. And the, the Pistons Pacers NBA Eastern Conference series was completely unwatchable. And I just think it's too bad. But I, if if uh, if uh, if the NBA continues uh, in this in this vein, I'll be interested to see if the, if the public embraces it that much. It's just, it's just awfully overpriced, and, and I, I just consider it a bad product. Some people have suggested the United States would have been better off just to send the Pistons over there as opposed oh, to trying wow. to pick a team. Absolutely. Well, they don't have you know they don't have enough shooters. There's no rebounder besides Tim Duncan. Allen Iverson is not a point guard. I mean, it's like you couldn't assemble a much uh, worse collection of pieces for a puzzle than what was done. Yeah, I think the feeling is that we could put together any mm-hmm. ten guys from the NBA and they'd win it automatically, and that's just not – well, they might wind up winning it, but uh, certainly they're underperforming and they, they, they don't fit. It's a team that's yeah. out of fit. Maybe they should have stayed Gonzaga. I don't know. <laughs> might have worked. Well, Dave, we'll let you go. I know you're having a good time over there, but uh, it's been a long time away from home, and how many more days you got to go? Oh, see, this is, uh, this is day eight of uh, 16 days of competition. And then um, I'm spending one more day in Athens and then returning. I think it's on uh, Tuesday, August 31st. So it is a long way from when I'm emailing uh, and, and uh, called my wife, Jan, a few times. But, uh, but it has been a great Olympics. The venues here, I don't know if it's evident from television, the venues here are all just beautiful. I mean, this is just – Greece has done a fabulous job uh, running this Olympics. And there's a lot of aesthetic and visual appeal, I think. Dave, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Maybe I'll touch base with you during the week again. Sure, that would be no problem. And congratulations to you guys on uh, 25 years of your show. I think that's terrific. Thanks, Dave, for what you've added to it. Oh, appreciate I haven't added that much, but well, I, you, you, you call really me call anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Lauren and Jim. Bye-bye. Dave Woods from Athens, and uh, Pat is on the line. Hello, Pat. Hello, Jim. Congratulations on your anniversary. I just came back from the open house. And I want to remark about your lovely wife. She stood up, introduced herself to me and my daughter, took us personally in your office, 
and showed us your family pictures and all of the mail, uh, things in your did, office. Did she charge you for that little tour or not? No, she did not. She did not. Well, that's that's good. A very, very sweet lady. Yeah, thank you, Pat. Okay. Appreciate it a lot. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dave Johnson, let's talk about your wife for a little while. <laughs> well, she's not here right now, but... Uh, <laughs> Guys, can we do this every Saturday? This is terrific. Oh, yeah. You look I wish at we the, should. Have a little party every Saturday. The guests that have been on, and uh, I, I wanted to stop by and, and, and congratulate you. Uh, I know everybody else has. I don't have a proclamation from the city. I don't have a book that the chancellor brought by. I do have a line of pride uh, stress balls, if you'd like those. They're good <laughs> to kind of squeeze. But uh, I want to thank you guys for what you've, you've brought, not only to the Champaign-Urbana community, but to the University of Illinois and uh, really to, uh, to, to fans throughout the Big Ten. This is a show that, that people talk about throughout the Big Ten, and I really think uh, it's added a lot to, as, as the mayor was talking about, it's added a lot to the fabric of this community. Uh, sports is what brings people together, and Illinois sports in particular. You know, there's nothing like, uh, you know, when, when you talk to a Mike White or a Ron Turner, uh, you know, over the years what a winning football team, or when you talk to Lou uh, Henson, uh, or Bruce Weber, what winning basketball brings to this community. It brings people together, and in many ways, you guys are the conduit that uh, people can talk about it, good or bad, when we're winning or when we're losing, and, and I wanted to congratulate you for that. Well, well, that's very up. nice. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I'm going to get off the subject just a bit. You talk about bringing people together, and you've had an event uh, with Kent Brown at, um, at the Sports Information Department, but in the department as a whole, the way uh, – You've all come together for Kent, and, and, and the loss of his wife is really a touching, touching situation. And uh, the uh, services the other night were, I mean, the people who turned out for that, I've never seen anything like it. It was just incredible. Well, the, you're right, Lauren. And the visitation uh, Wednesday night and then the funeral services on Thursday for uh, Kent, Kent Brown's uh, wife, Robin. Um, who, by the way, holds a job that you held once. And sports information, uh, you know, media relations is a profession that it was it was amazing to look around at the visitation the other night. Uh, with the exception of uh, really one or two people, we had the entire staff there from between 1991 and 95, and we could have taken a staff picture. Uh, interns, former full-time staff members. Uh, of course, Mike Pearson was uh, our sports information director, uh, when Kent and I were both uh, assistants, but you know to go through that, uh, you know to work through that time, it was really amazing. Uh, also, the other night to talk to uh, all the folks that came over from Kansas State University, where Kent was sports information director. He was at Kansas State when I was a sports information director here at Illinois, and uh, really to talk to them and, and thank them for making the trip, and and that's what's that's what makes this profession so great. I mean, to be in in this field and to be in athletics is uh, the way people, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a fun profession to be in, but the people that are that are geared into the athletic profession, and you guys are right in the middle of it, uh, are just are just quality people. And, uh, and I was really pleased the other night. Uh, I mean, that, that line at the, uh, at the uh, visitation the other night, I think it went for about four hours. And, uh, at and least. Uh, it was, I really, uh, you know, appreciated the support, and, and Kent, uh, I know appreciates it, and his uh, his kids appreciate it very much. We got there uh, very early uh, before the line started, and had a chance to talk to uh, to Kent and to the to the families and to uh, Robin's sister, and uh, really uh, 
were amazed at uh, the way people were holding up under something like this, such a such a shock. But uh, the one thing, as we began to look at the uh, at the flowers, they, they came from all kinds of people. There, there were flowers there from uh, uh, several universities. Uh, I remember Penn State staff, uh, Michigan, sent them, uh, Michigan, just sent about them, uh, the entire Big Ten, the uh, Chicago Bears, the St. Louis Cardinals, Bill, Bill Self, Self uh, yeah. Bill and, and Cindy. Cindy, and uh, it was just well, a lot of that's. Uh, we all know a uh, part of that reason is because of Kent Brown. Well, it is. I mean, he he just uh, he's he obviously has has made a uh, contact with an awful lot of people mm-hmm. in a in a in a real way, and um, I think we all felt so bad for Kent to because Robin went through so much the last several years, and I talked to him late this summer, and you know, and I said, pretty rough summer, and this is couple of weeks before she died and and boy he was yeah it's been really tough and it really was tough very very sad situation uh dave uh, before we let you go here uh four straight home games what does that do to your staff my goodness i was uh, talking to gary smith the other day i guess the band has got a lot of routines to get ready well uh, i'll tell you what uh, you'll certainly every week you'll s- routine is the right word you'll certainly have the routine down about the time you get into week three i was just telling my daughter in the car you know two weeks from today we're playing and uh, Illinois, Florida A&M at 5 o'clock on September 4th, and then we're at home for four straight weeks, and there's just nothing like once you get into the fall and Illinois football Saturdays, and people have four weeks to perfect their tailgates. Uh, then, of course, we get into October with Michigan and Iowa and then Indiana the first Saturday in November. This has never happened before. Seven home games in one season, even back to when Bob Zupke would bring in a couple of practice teams before they'd bring in a tougher opponent. But uh, it's a great home schedule. Uh, I did want to mention this. When you guys went on the air, uh, I was pitching for Champaign Central and Charlie Dew. Um, and now uh, I'm filling out application forms for my son to go to the University of Illinois. <laughs> so uh, you guys have transcended a lot of Illini fans through a lot of the years. And, uh, and uh, I just was over to see Coach Stewart the other night, the great Champaign Central football coach and former Illini. And I was Tommy's manager for three years. And... Uh, uh, he's doing well, and it was good to talk to him about this year's team and uh, his perceptions of this team. He loves Harry Heastan. It's his favorite coach because uh, he loves to watch the offensive line. But, uh, guys, I wanted to say congratulations and uh, and keep it up. Ticket sales for the opener? Ticket sales for the opener have really picked up uh, with a 5 o'clock kickoff with Florida A&M coming in with uh, one of the great marching bands in uh, in college athletics, the, uh, what the FAMU Marching 100 uh, right now, ticket sales for UCLA are running ahead of all the other games, followed by Western Michigan and then Florida A&M. I mean, three crowds. The first three games, uh, the horseshoe is, is pretty much filled up already, uh, and then the main stands are beginning to fill along with the balconies. I'd say those first three games, we're going to be uh, well past the 50 mark and uh, should be approaching 60,000. We should have some good crowds for the first three games. That sounds great. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate your kind words, and thanks for coming out. Congratulations, and go Illini. I'll see you guys at the scrimmage tonight. All right. We'll uh, take this break. We're coming right back on the Saturday Sports Line.
This is Steve Kelly inviting you to join me for Sports Talk from 5 to 6, Tuesday through Friday, here on DWS. I'll be doing my best to keep you updated on news from the sporting world with a special focus on fighting Illini athletics. You'll be hearing from Illini coaches and players. Your phone calls are welcome, too. And Steve Lehman keeps us updated on the sports news of the day. That's Sports Talk with Steve Kelly, Tuesday through Friday from 5 to 6, here on your source for local sports, DWS. What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do when you need help with things financial? What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do when you have plans for tomorrow? What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do? What do you do? You see, you see. Bank. Need a loan? What do you do? Checking, savings, investments too. UC Bank is here for you. What do you do? You see, you see. What do you do? What do you do? You see, you see. Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Now is the time to buy new windows for your home. Beautiful Tempco windows and doors are available through Alexander Lumber. Whether you need double hungs, bay windows, or patio doors, they have them all, plus more. Tempco Custom manufactures each quality window to fit your home, so stop by Alexander Lumber at the corner of Prospect and Bloomington Roads in Champaign to place your order today. Join me, Ann Roten, for Standard Time every Sunday morning, 6 to 9.30 a.m. on News Talk 1400. We're back on this Saturday Sports Live. This is Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate as we enter our 25th year of uh, the Saturday Sports Line. We've had uh, quite a number of guests on. I'll try to run them down for you right at the end of the show in case uh, you've missed some of them. We've asked uh, Brian Barnhart to uh, to come in and talk a little bit about mm. this scrimmage tonight. Uh, first of all, what time does it start? That's always a good thing. Starts to do. at seven, mm-hmm. okay. is what I'm told. Now, every once in a while, they'll come on the field at seven and do a couple of things and maybe run through a fake kickoff mm-hmm. or two. But I think the actual start time will be right around seven. So. Okay, we've got uh, Mike Kelly on the line. Yeah. So stay here, uh, Brian. Okay. Mike Kelly joins us on the phone. How you doing, Mike? Guys, congratulations. That's awesome. We started before you were born. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in one form of your broadcast career, that that would be true. uh, One story I remember, uh, I'll tell this very quickly, uh, but you came uh, to work here. You were... First of all, you were hired down at Olney, and I hired you away from the, the WVLN in, in about a week. Weren't you down there about a week? I put in my uh, two weeks' notice after uh, five full working days. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, then he, then he came up here, and and I think uh, you came out to help us on the Saturday sports line, and one of the first things that happened was that Mike White and Dick Vermeil walked into the studio here, and uh, Mike Kelly said to me later, says, I knew I was in the right place then. <laughs> tell you what, that was the very – yeah, that was the very first Saturday. and uh, You thought we so, had those kind of guys every week, didn't you? Exactly. Well, you know, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, what was it, uh, 
I think Jack Buck used to tell the story about, you know, one of his first games with the Cardinals. Musial hit three home runs. He said, dang, does this happen all the time? So, <laughs> Well, you know, I think, I think, as I remember, Dick Vermeil and uh, Mike White were, were jogging. They well, that's were jogging the point about- of Huh? No, that was that was so long ago that those guys could still make it to the, they could still run from Memorial Stadium. <laughs> That's right, and, and they were jogging the, around the area, and of course they just timed it to come in here when uh, w- right when we wanted them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, boy, some great memories though, and uh, that certainly is one that I'll that I'll remember for a long time too. Well, what's going on down there at Missouri these days? What's that football team look like? You got a quarterback? I think the quarterback answer is, is is has been answered. The question about the quarterback's been answered for a while, but yeah, uh, yeah you know, we, we we feel real good. I mean, uh, you know, we've got some guys that we think can can uh, can uh, make some plays on the offensive side of the football. We've got really it comes down to two question marks on the offense, and that's really two uh, two redshirt freshmen. One uh, at weak tackle who. Uh, Appears he's going to be able to maintain the the job and and and, and outduel a senior for 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 the starting job there. Um, his name's Tyler Llewellyn, a kid about six seven, two ninety five, and then the other kid is uh, Adam Speaker, who it appears will take over for AJ Ricker as our starting center. And you know Ricker, who's trying to make it with the Bears, it started forty seven consecutive games, but it appears that Speaker, you know, has got a chance to be uh, got a chance to be a good football player, and then. You know, from a wide receiver standpoint, I think we've got some guys that can help Brad Smith out. We've got a young freshman who's really been impressive in camp named uh, William Franklin. He's from Vashon High School in St. Louis, and uh, he's just been making play after play. And another kid from the Hannibal area by the name of Jarrell Humphrey, who's kind of about 6'5 and about 210, and he's been making some plays. So, yeah, I, I think we've got a chance to have a decent football season, to have a really good year. But, you know, it's, the, the thing I appreciate about Gary Pinkle is that, you know, he's – he, he doesn't buy into all the, the hype and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 the bottom line with him is that until you do it, it means nothing, and, and I respect that about him. What's your schedule look like right off the bat? Well, it's pretty easy, actually, and I, and I say that, and I hate to say that, but, uh, you know, Missouri has three games that they should win right off the bat, but they've got one that just scares the devil out of me. They open up against Arkansas State two weeks from today, uh, as a matter of fact, in Columbia, and then uh, five days later, I think it is, they go to uh, Troy, Alabama, on national television on a Thursday evening to uh, take on Troy, Troy University, who's uh, picked to win the Sun Belt. And, and, you know, you look at it on paper, and that's a game that Missouri could, should win, but Missouri now, you know, ranked 17 in one poll, 18 in the other, will be the highest-profile opponent to ever play um, in Troy. Uh, to at least at this point in time, they'll also be the first nationally televised Division One A game from from Troy, Alabama. So, you know that's got that's got a lot of scary connotations um, surrounding the ball game. And then Missouri comes home to take on Ball State before taking a week off and opening up the Big Twelve against Colorado. Hey, Mike, hang on just a second. Jim Turpin's got a special guest. Wendy Turner's here. Hang on. Sure. Hey, how you doing, Wendy? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, we're doing good after 25 years. Don't you think we're still uh, <laughs> handsome and all those kind of things? I'm in the room with the most good-looking man I've seen in a long time. Thanks for having me in here. Very nice. We talked to Ron earlier. We got the big scrimmage tonight, so he's excited about that. But you've been doing a little work yourself, right, uh, getting somebody off to college? We have. Our oldest is going to U of I this year, and we just got him moved in this morning. Um, tears hadn't been shed today, but they were yesterday. So <laughs> trying to hold myself together. 
Well, that's uh, quite a traumatic experience. Our uh, granddaughter went down to SIU, and I know my daughter was uh, feeling much the same way you are. And a lot of people around the country feeling that way about now to get them. But they'll survive. You're right. They will. Hopefully we've taught them enough, and they'll take it with them, and that's all you can pray for. Did you guys get down to Arkansas this year? We did. We did, went down for a couple of weeks and did nothing but stay on the lake and water skied and did all sorts of fun things like that. Ron, Ron didn't have his uh, cell phone going? No, not much. No. No injuries <laughs> called in to us or anything, so it was great this year. Very good to see you. You're awfully nice to come out. We sure appreciate it. Well, thanks, and congratulations to both of you. Hope we get to see you then. Well, I'll make it a point. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, take Mike. care. Bye bye. Okay. We uh, that was Mike Kelly down at uh, Missouri. Uh, we were talking to Brian about tonight's scrimmage. I think we got the timeout or uh, seven yeah. o'clock. <laughs> but the, what what do you think is yeah. going to happen there uh, tonight? And uh, uh, is he going to? Has he announced uh, what, what he's going to run one against two or one against one or how's he going to break it up? Sometimes they. They announce it, then they change it. Yeah, I haven't really heard one way or the other. Um, for me, it doesn't change what I do, and, and you've done these before. I've got 103 names on my on my score sheet for tonight. So, however they're going to do it, that's, that's the way I'm going to – you know, it's offense versus defense. But uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, one, the defense has had some good days in, in Rantoul. I think uh, they're pleased with that. I know Ron was upset with his offense a couple of days ago because the defense was doing so well. And I'm curious to see um, uh, how healthy these running backs are. And, of course, EB coming back uh, this year along with uh, Pierre Thomas, how well they run. And just anxious, too, to see how these young redshirt freshmen look uh, that we've heard so much about. Uh, They're not ready to start yet, but they're certainly in a position to to help us during the course of the year. Let's take a call. This is uh, Bob down in Arthur. Hi, Bob. How are we doing, guys? Good. We're doing great. How are you? Well, doing fine. I'm on my way back from St. Louis. Uh, just to call and congratulate both of you. And uh, not only congratulate you, but thank you for bringing the quality program that you have to, I guess, East Central Illinois and everything you do for us. And, you know, we participate. And it's nice uh, to talk to people that uh, not only know what they're doing, but care about what they're doing. So uh, just congratulations and uh, keep up the good work and go Illini with it. Yeah, thank you, Bob. We sure appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate uh, you listening, too. I know you've been a frequent caller to uh, not only this show but to uh, Penny, and uh, keep up the the calling. We love to hear from you. Okay, and tell Lauren uh, we won two out of three while I was there, so uh, well, you did your job. Next, he, 
you got the next two, Lawrence. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> go from there. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. Mm. Well, uh, Brian, anything else about the uh, the scrimmage tonight? And, uh, gosh, only, what, two weeks from today, Two right? weeks from today, kick yeah. Kick it off. And it's funny because, you know, last year we were concerned about trying to get to stop the run. And I think Lauren had a column about this yesterday or the day before. The first few teams are going to play are well, pretty pass happy. Oh, they're pass happy. is exactly <laughs> right. I mean, they're going to throw the ball. And yeah. Florida A&M is not going to be able to compete with Illinois from a physical standpoint. They've lost three linebackers to graduation. Three linebackers went ineligible the same week. That's six linebackers they've lost. Defensively, they can't be good. They lost their best tackle. But they're going to they're gonna throw some speed at you on offense. I mean, all their people run faster than a lot of our people. And they got a quarterback that ran for 600 yards and mm-hmm. threw for 2,500. So, mm-hmm. And you yeah. know what will be a scary time? It will be a punt returns and kick returns. Oh, yeah. you got to <laughs> give it away from them because that's their game. I mean, yeah. that's the only way that they hope to stay big close. Big plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, big and a lot, of, a lot of speed mm-hmm. out in your secondary. And our secondary is unproven, and we have to say that. We are unproven. We don't know how Hayden's going to do. Mm-hmm. We don't know how Virgil's going to do. They're go- both going to be in there. We've got some rookies we want to see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's all a coordination thing back there in the defense, and you're going to have to start really early in the, in the season with five defensive backs. Been working all this time with a 4-3, you know, 4-3-4 four, four, uh, operation, and then all of a sudden you've got to have – you got to take somebody out and put an extra back in there because they'll have so many receivers going out on you. We changed uh, defensive coordinators. Uh, how much is the defense going to be changed? I think the the big thing is, and they've talked a lot about it being simpler. Uh, with with the Cassidy defense, there was a lot of read and then react to that read. In other words, if something happened, if X, Y, Z happened, you were going to do ABC. But now it's more simplified. You have less things to read. Just go find the guy with the ball and get him. And I think that's a simplified way to look at it, but I think it's uh, uh, with the type of defense we have. And we don't have LSU speed, and we don't have Oklahoma speed. We've got Illinois speed. And I think with the guys we have up front, I think this system will benefit them. It would be better, simpler, and more easier to execute. What time are you going on the air tonight? Just a little before 7, probably 5, 10 minutes before. And uh, Lauren will be there with us, and we'll have uh, Steve Kelly with us as well. But I was going to add, too, I know everybody's been congratulating you guys. I uh, – Remember when this show started, I was a, a sophomore no, in high school. Wait a minute, school. he's going to say he's in grade school. When I was a little kid. No, yeah, no, when I was a sophomore in high school, I know it was a, a staple in our house to uh, turn on the Saturday sports line. Of course, my dad and my mom and dad still lived down in Tolono, and they were – uh, my dad was a big sports fan, and we See, had it on every morning. Look at the trouble so. you got into listening to sports. Now look what happened to you. That's right. Look what I became. But uh, <laughs> you could have got went out and got a legitimate job. <laughs> but I've said this week too, and I really believe it. I mean, you guys were a little bit ahead of the curve in that now sports radio, the different shows they have are very shrill, and there's a lot of you know nonsense. I think being being on the radio, but you guys have done it the same way, the same approach. Professional, thorough, you know your stuff, and uh, well, I think that's you, how I learned about Illinois I sports. I think you go out and do what comes naturally for you. But, Jim, have you? Wh- why do you think uh, metropolitan shows, big city shows, are so uh, – I don't know what's the right word. I mean, they're so extreme, I guess, is, is the answer. Well, I think uh, we should be giving our audience a little credit here, too. Uh, you know, the, the calls that we get are unlike the calls they get on the score. You know, Bernie out in Skokie, he's going to be shouting something. He's going to be giving crap to somebody. And, uh, you know, it's all that – it's that mentality of uh, – it's almost like the Bear mentality. You know, we noticed how, how different oh, the Bear yeah. fans oh, were. Oh, yeah. 
than the Illinois That's fans. A good point. Yeah. And I, I think our audience, uh, you know, they're they, playing they, to they, their they, audience. Yeah, they've been giving us uh, credit for how we conduct the show, and I'd like to give them a credit for the the kind of questions that they ask. It's kind of a a sane broadcast, mm-hmm. as opposed to I don't like guys shouting at each <coughs> other all the time. I mean, it's not productive at all. You can't understand what any of them are saying. But there's also the the Terry Boers type that's, you know, um, well he's just a mean man. Yeah, I mean just nasty. And 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 a, and a, a lot of the language is kind of ridiculous too. I mean, well, unnecessary, I yeah. think, is the word. And and they don't uh, hesitate to swear on the air and those kind of things. We haven't reached that point yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, although, I think that although the next we, ten years we, could well, be. Well, <laughs> we, we could. Yeah. In fact, I got a. Uh, I got an email last night from our good friend John Snyder. Uh, oh yeah, people who don't know the coach at New Trier for a long time, and did you hear about this guy from Olney? He heard about it, and he says, uh, "Tell Tate uh, congratulations and let up on the officials." <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you've been telling him that for years, though, haven't you? I have, and I, he also <laughs> said that uh, John Palace, our our good friend from Flora, who was the basketball coach at uh, Wisconsin for quite a while. And has run a tennis facility up there uh, ever since, and has played competitive tennis uh, uh, his entire life. Won the state high school championship from uh, Flora, and uh, now is ranked as the uh, number one seventy and over player in the world. I don't mm-hmm. doubt it. Do you doubt you, it? Mm-hmm. No. Every time you see, him, I, I've seen him hit the ball. Uh, but last uh, time I was at Wisconsin, which has been. A few years ago now, it looked like uh, nothing had ever changed. Please let his knees hold up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but well, I'll just I'll just wrap it up by saying that, uh, you know, as far as my end of it, you know, it's, uh, as I said, we grew up listening to it in high school and so forth. Whenever I was in other parts of the, of the country, like in Virginia or California or wherever, every time I got back home, uh, this was one of the first shows I wanted to hear because – I want to know what was going on in the, at the U of I in East Central Illinois. And uh, when I turned you guys on, I knew I was home. So We owe it all to Ed Bond. <laughs> there he is, right there. <laughs> 97.5, 1400. Yeah, I didn't even wear his orange pants yeah. today. <laughs> but, Thanks, uh, Brian. You're and, welcome. Uh, good luck for the season, and yeah. uh, we'll listen to you tonight. All right. Good luck for another 25 years. Yeah. We're We'll you, do our best. You'll be 100 then, right, Tate? Is that right? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this break. We're coming right back. When you're considering a mortgage for your new home, there are quite a few options to choose from. Credit unions and banks seem like the logical choice, but are they the right choice? Most times, these institutions are limited to what they can provide you. You need to conform to the mortgage programs they have to offer. Hi, I'm Eric White, president and co-owner of Integrity Mortgage Services. If you're in the market to purchase a home, Integrity Mortgage Services can provide you with a variety of low-cost mortgage products that will fit your needs. What's even better is that we get it done promptly and professionally, usually closing your loan in less than 30 days and at a rate that is regularly lower than those offered at a credit union or bank. Give us a call today and let us show you how easy it is to get into your new home. You can also visit us online at integritymortgageonline.com. Integrity Mortgage Services is locally owned with offices in Bloomington Normal, Peoria, and Champaign. We're an Illinois residential mortgage licensee and an equal housing lender. Give us a call and see what we can do for you. Integrity Mortgage Services, our service and integrity make the difference. 
Be sure to include Lake of the Woods Forest Preserve in your schedule of outdoor activities this summer. We have waived the lake use permit fee for 2004. The popular Lake of the Woods Golf Course has games, events, and instruction for all ages and abilities of golfers. Stop in the full-service shop for all your golfing equipment needs. Now you can reserve a tee time for your foursome online at GolfTheLake.com. Lake of the Woods Golf Course is just 10 minutes west of Champaign off I-74. Give us a call at 586-2183 for more information about our events and services. Start your summer fun today. This message is brought to you by Financial Synergy of Champaign. Wouldn't it be nice to visit a place that can transform the doubt, worry, and fear you have about your financial future into the direction, confidence, and success you want? When you have doubt, you worry, and that can grow into fear. But when you have direction, you get confident, and direction and confidence often lead to success. Call Financial Synergy at 355-7335 to see what direction you should take. Hi, it's Stevie J. Talk to you Monday morning, bright and early from 7 to 9 after Gentry on News Talk 1400 DWS. Back on the uh, Saturday Sports Line, Jim Turpin and uh, Lauren Tate. Who's that guy sitting next to you there, Mr. Tate? Well, you know, he is a product of one of the great Illini fans of all time, Lex Katsinas. This is Phil. And you know your dad got you started off in the right direction, didn't he? Absolutely. He had free labor for the first 15, 20 years. <laughs> free, free labor, huh? Yep, that's what it was all about. But well, anyway. What's, the, what's all this stuff you got out there in the well, hall? Well, we thought we'd bring some uh, food for you and your families and everybody here at the station and congratulate you guys on your first 25 years. And then we've got a little champagne toast to start the next 25 oh, years. Oh, wow. Champagne toast. That really sounds good. Glad we didn't do this at 9 or we <laughs> wouldn't have been... Uh, Probably have been able to go through. Probably couldn't have had enough champagne here. <laughs> well, Phil, you being a fan, what do you think about the football season? What Actually, I'm excited about it. I think we're going to really surprise some people. We're going to get out of the box on the right foot, and uh, we'll bring everybody back. Now, are you just a, a natural optimist? Is I just think it's our year. I, you know, in, in the way things have worked out. Every year is not our year, is it? We've learned that. I mean, right. But we're going to sneak up on some people, and we're a lot better than I think last year's record indicated. And we didn't get any of the breaks that we've had in the past, and this year we're going to get them. So I'm excited about it. How are things over at Old Famous Dave's? We're doing great. We're having a very good year. So, but anyway, I'll let you guys go. I just wanted to stop by for a minute and uh, look forward to hearing you guys every Saturday. Thank you, Phil. Very good. Best. Thank you. Thanks. Well, uh, we're close to wrapping it up here. I just like to uh, run down the names of the people that we've had on the air today. We'll count them up later and see how many. We began with uh, Don Harden here in the studio, and uh, Ron Turner called in while uh, uh, Harden was uh, there. They had a little uh, coach talk. That was kind of nice. Yeah. And uh, Ron Gunther, uh, the athletic director, was uh, kind enough to be here. We talked to uh, Bruce Weber. Bruce is up in uh, Wisconsin, I believe, uh, it's a member of his family. I, sorry, I don't know if it's his mother or his dad or somebody is uh, having a birthday today, and uh, they're 80-some years old. And so Bruce was up there, but he was uh, kind enough to be on with us. The uh, chancellor, Richard Herman, came out and uh, gave us each a very nice uh, book called No Boundaries, uh, University of Illinois Vignettes. We appreciate uh, the chancellor. We had uh, kind of a unique, uh, we didn't plan it that way, but uh, Mike White called early, so we had Mike White and Lou Henson on at the same time. <laughs> and uh, we, Congressman uh, Tim Johnson, on a very busy day, uh, dropped by to say hello. Roger Huddleston was uh, here in the studio, and uh, Roger talked about the uh, uh, Chief Alinawek uh, situation. We talked to David Woods uh, from uh, Athens. He's uh, 
covering the Olympics for the uh, uh, Indianapolis Star. We appreciated uh, his time. Uh, Steve Beckett, uh, noted attorney in town and a frequent uh, guest on the Saturday uh, sports line, was here. A couple of the Illini coaches uh, came in together, Mike Small, the, uh, the golf coach, and uh, Mark Johnson, the wrestling coach. Red Dawson from the News Gazette uh, stopped by to talk a little sports with us. Steve Ross, another uh, lawyer, uh, works uh, over at the, the U of I and the, the law school and uh, just an expert on many of the things happening in the sports world today. Uh, John Foreman, the, the boss man, the guy that runs the whole show, was uh, kind enough to drop by on a Saturday morning and say hello to us. Jerry Schweihart, the mayor of Champaign, came by and uh, brought us a resolution Saturday Sports Line Day here in the area. So we appreciate that. Uh, Dave Downey, one of the great basketball players in Illinois history, was uh, here. Uh, Dave and uh, Lauren had a good chat. And some of our friends, uh, Jim Fink and uh, Jim Wright, were, uh, were both here. Itch Jones came by a little bit later. We talked to Itch about Illinois baseball, of course. Sujay Lama, the women's tennis coach at the U of I, uh, dropped by and uh, came in and uh, chatted with us for a while. Brian Silverman uh, called from home and gave us a little guff about the Cubs and the Cardinals. But, uh, Brian, we do appreciate that. John Sapini from the uh, Copley Press uh, and uh, beat writer for both the Springfield and Peoria uh, was here, along with uh, Jeremy Rutherford from the uh, Post-Dispatch. We talked to uh, Dave Johnson from the DIA, who uh, is the marketing guy there. Mike Kelly, a longtime friend from the University of Missouri. Uh, Wendy Turner, who is about as sweet a person and as nice a person as you'll ever want to meet, uh, was uh, took time from her busy day to drop by and say hello. And uh, lastly, Phil Katsinas, who came from famous days with some lunch. Mr. Tate, we only have about 15 seconds, so... Uh, you just have to thank all those people and say talk to them again next Saturday, huh? Absolutely, and thank you all for contributing to our show. All you're coming your way on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana.